welcome back to our holiday show and gift guide. Uh, the music you just heard is from the new Blackmore's Night album, Winter Carols. And we're going to go out with uh, some of their music, too. Uh, Blackmore's Night, we have talked about before. They're, they're kind of a sort of a, a medieval, um, uh, modern medieval is, is kind of a genre, but it's really fun stuff. And this is their, uh, they, they've released uh, Christmas albums before holiday albums, and these are just an amazing bunch of great Christmas carols and, uh, and holiday tunes on here. So uh, highly recommended Winter Carols from Blackmore's Night. And uh, we will, we will uh, play a little bit more at the end of the show. Um, we got a, we got a giveaway as well where we've had, you know, fewer giveaways under the pandemic uh, constraints, mm. but we do have some stuff to give away during the show. And we're going to talk about all these great gift suggestions, books and DVDs and CDs and, and, uh, and Blu-rays and 4Ks and everything else. Um, but Tim, we, we just in the last like 48 hours of recording this, we lost a couple of people. Oh, yes. I hate doing the obits, but especially for a holiday show. But who'd we lose? Well, you know, Lena Wartmuller, of course, uh, the wonderful Italian filmmaker. Uh, 93, I think it's, 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 it's good a life. Good, good, good long one there. Uh, quite a character. I never met her, uh, um, uh, in my years here. I worked right up to the end, but, but just a uh, really a face. Seven beauties, of course. Um, um, first woman nominated for an Oscar. For, for, for an Oscar, uh, very thoughtful, uh, um, um, uh, uh, about uh, filmmaking, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, she was talking about she was, she was talking about women and, and cinema and directing and, and 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 stuff like that. Fifty, sixty years ago, uh, Lena, yeah, Lena, Lena Wertmuller. So uh, uh, gone, and of course swept away. Uh, beautiful movie too. So you know, I mean, we talk about Seven Beauties, but she made a whole bunch of fantastic films. Yeah, uh, uh, Lena Wartbuehler. So lost her, and literally today, if not maybe yesterday, maybe it was yesterday or something like that. But uh, the monkey, Mike Nesbitt, Mike one, Nesbitt. one of the last two. I think Mickey Dolenz is, is the other one still. Mickey's the last one, man. It's it's really sad. I was just I, I posted a thing on Facebook. It's like we're down to you know uh, two Beatles, one monkey, one BG, um, but we still have all all of that. <laughs> so I can I take a little bit of solace in that. Uh, but man, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Mike Nesmith was only seventy eight, but yeah. really, really, I mean, he was always my favorite monkey because he was the funniest. Mm. He was the one who had the amazing comic timing. He was a legit songwriter. A lot wrote a lot of their really good songs, and um, his aunt invented liquid paper, and he was independently wealthy when he inherited his aunt's estate. Didn't even need all that monkey money after all. That was that's, that's so. fantastic. I love that story, and, uh, and and of course, he went into the film business. Uh, was a, was, was, yeah, was a fairly noted producer of you know, films. You know, kind of, I guess from, from through the eighties, nineties. Uh, yeah. Um, he was there associated with Rhino Records and all the, and when they were doing movies and stuff like that, uh, you, you'd see him as executive. And, and you know, he, he also was a, a pioneer in doing a, a video production that was not released to television or movies, but that went straight to video. I mean, he was a straight to video pioneer with elephant parts. If nobody's seen that elephant parts is kind of this, this legendary, amazing hour long comedy and sketch comedy uh, like variety compilation, which has some of the funniest bits that you will ever see. And it could have been a weekly show. It could have been a weekly show like, a, like you know, uh, an, an SNL or any other, you know, variety or comedy show. Um, but it wasn't. It was a one-off. He didn't yeah. want to do a whole show. He didn't want to do it, you know, episode after episode, season after season. He just wanted to do one hour of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then put it into the world. And, 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 and that would never have been a business model 
in the in the nineteen seventies. You couldn't have said, "Yeah, I just want to do a one off." You know, they'd be like, "No, we need a show every week. Yeah, we got to do this." Is like he's like, "No." And once video came around and you were you were renting and selling videos, he's like, "You know what? There's a market for this. I can just do my one hour of stuff." Sell it on videotape and be done with yep, it. Yep. And it's like, wow. Yep. There you so go. So forward thinking about so that's that's like nineteen eighty one that he did that. So it's yeah, just, yeah. Um, you know, just just way ahead of his time and a really, really, really cool guy. So you know, yeah. Anyway. All right. Well let's let's jump into it. Let's start with some uh some books because we got we got a lot of great books here. I want to talk about things related. First of all, uh, this really cool book by Phil Hall is called, you know, Christmas being a religious holiday, first and foremost. Um, I want to make mention of this book, Jesus Christ Movie Star by Phil Hall, which is not a huge book. It's, you know, it's only 154 pages long, but it is a really interesting book. And uh, he, he runs through uh, all these, not just, you know, Jesus movies, but uh, the sort of the thematic strain of Jesus in the movies. It's a really, really interesting little book. Uh, I, I really do recommend it, especially if you're a fan of the genre, which I am. And uh, he, he, you know, it's a, it's a very thoughtful book and it's kind of forward looking too. So um, my, my, my Jesus movie, Christ, Jesus, movie star, my movie, Jesus, let me see. Willem Dafoe uh, really yeah, in that Scorsese film. Um, yeah. He was a good Jesus. Uh, you know, he was a young Willem Dafoe. We hadn't seen a whole lot yeah. of him before. He had been around. You know, he had that sort of skeletal. So it's that good Jesus, Willem Dafoe. Uh, but I like my Jim Caviezel Jesus, too, in Mel Gibson's movie. I do, too. That's a solid Jesus. I do, too. That's a solid movie, he Jesus. Is. Uh, I, I, am, I, I am also very, very defensive of Jeffrey Hunter. In King of Kings, uh, uh, which, you know, was mocked at the time. Uh, they called it, I am a T I was a teenage Jesus. You know, they really made fun of it. I know Jeffrey Hunter. We, we prefer to think of him as Christopher Pike <laughs> on Menagerie <laughs> on Star Trek, the original Christopher Pike. But I thought he was very good in that. Um, I, you know, there have been, there have been a lot and it's, it's a really interesting, uh, area. It's a really interesting area. So uh, this is a, this is a terrific book. I don't, I, I, book. I, I, I don't know if it comes in any, any video Jesus, but I think it was I think it was Leon was it, was it, was it Leon in that Madonna video back in the eighties? Yeah, yeah, it was Leon, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, so, sure was, so one, sure was. One good black Jesus. And we've got uh, and we've got the Gospel Collection on DVD, which we've recommended before. This is all four of the Gospel films, which were uh, made a few years back. Gospel of uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can get that. Uh, that's from Lionsgate. That's on DVD. It's also a new Blu-ray and DVD compilation out called The Jesus Music, the soundtrack of a movement. And uh, this is just, you know, a lot of, uh, I don't want to call it so much faith-based, but it really kind of is. These are these are sort of faith-based artists, and uh, they, they uh, you, you get a lot of really wonderful performances in here. Amy Grant has been a crossover, obviously, for many, many years, but also featured Michael W. Smith, Toby Mack, Kirk Franklin. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, you get Newsboys, Skillet, Striper. I remember Striper, the heavy oh, metal band with yeah. kind of a Christian theme to it. Um, yeah, it's a lot, of, lot you know, this, so that's, you know, Amy Grant kind of anchors it. Uh, and then we also have highly, highly recommended if you, if you have not, you know, if you were a fan of this genre and these films in particular, the God's Not Dead films, all four of them, God's Not Dead, God's Not Dead 2, God's Not Dead, A Light in the Darkness, which is really interesting, by the way. Uh, and God's Not Dead, We the People, which is the most recent one that was, uh, that was done primarily under during the pandemic. Um, 
but you, you know the, uh, the the faith-based uh, market gets a gets a bad rap sometimes. I think these movies in particular started on a little bit of a shaky foot. People kind of made fun of that first film, and then they got very philosophical and very reflective. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get to the third film, God's Not Dead: A Light in the Darkness, it's actually quite provocative and thoughtful, and, and has a lot of really interesting crossover questions and a lot of self-reflection. And uh, the, the nice thing is they're not doing what Hollywood would do, which is make the same thing over and over and, you know, just for the sake of money. This is a franchise that exists because the filmmakers feel like they still have something to say. They're not exploiting this like a franchise. They're not just putting it out there because it's a brand. Mm. They really do have something new to say in each, each and every film. And uh, so that's a good one to get, uh, especially as a gift, uh, you know, at Christmas time. Uh, God Not Dead, the four movie collection. And very impressive what they did during the pandemic in We the People. They, they, they pulled that off. And then we also have this, this great book. You know, my daughter stopped watching Sesame Street a little bit too soon for my taste because I was kind of enjoying watching it with her, to be honest. But, um, the unseen photos of Street Gang, how we got to Sesame Street is the book. And the Blu-ray is Street Gang, how we got to Sesame Street. And they do kind of go together. Um, How We Got Sesame Street is an absolutely terrific documentary. I mean, it is it is the whole story. Jim Henson's involvement, um, everyone who who sort of helped kind of birth the idea, how it came out of 60s activism, how it kind of turned into a, a more crossover public television uh, iconic show, the birth of the characters, the puppetry, everything about it. Very interesting. Particularly interesting to me, because I should point out, because uh, shortly after I grew up on Sesame Street, I go to elementary school, and there's this girl, one year older than I am in elementary school, named Holly Robinson, <laughs> whose dad whose dad is on Sesame Street. <laughs> He's like the original Gordon on Sesame Street. <laughs> and you're like, wow, Gordon's daughter is in school. That's kind of cool, right? And, and so, you know, uh, and at one point, which a few years later, I wound up on, on a television, a local television talk show with Holly. But that's another story I won't get into because it's kind of weird. But nonetheless, um, all of that is really, really a, uh, it's, it's a really wonderful story. It's just an absolutely yeah. wonderful story. Street Gang, How We Got to Sesame Street, an all-American, a great all-American story. And then you want to supplement that with uh, the unseen photos of Street Gang, which is this beautiful coffee table book that just has these incredible. I mean, Tim, we can't put this on the podcast yeah. or not video, but let me let me just show you some of this. I mean, it's just it's just beautiful. Oh, it's, it's just gorgeous. like these beautiful. It's just look at that. It's, I mean, these just beautiful. It's just beautiful photos. It's not. There's no text. Yeah. You know, they're they're just. It's just page after page of like these beautiful black and white and color photos, and and you know, you, you, and then you have later on in the book, you have some, you know, a few. Uh, I mean, like after each, you'll, you'll have a few pages, like about Big Bird or whatever, but it's only a few pages and then it's just a lot of photos. Yeah. That's and fantastic. then a lot more photos and it's just beautiful. Like, look at these, look at these great black and white photos from, of the camera and Big Bird and, and the actors. I mean, how great is that? That's just amazing. Just amazing. You see it, how the show, how the show's made. You see the, you're seeing the, how the sausage is it's, made. It's, it's absolutely it's beautiful. All, it's all very behind the scenes. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's, all, yeah. it's absolutely beautiful. It, it's a coffee table book that won't bore the people who come to your house. Yeah. Everyone will look at this and go, oh, holy cow, I had no idea. And then you can also add to that a, a new Sesame Street DVD, uh, Sesame Street Wonderful World of Friends, which is, you know, um, just wonderful shows involving Elmo and Big Bird and Rosita and 
it's it's all about friendship and uh that's a nice thing for the kids in their stocking um other books uh you haven't seen nightmare alley yet have you no i haven't seen it yet uh guillermo yeah, Guillermo, because we talked about this at Halloween. Want to make him do another plug for uh, Guillermo del Toro, the iconic filmmaker and his work, which is this wonderful book on his on his movies in a slipcover, which will be obsolete in in you know uh, a minute and a half yeah. because uh, it it they they kind of try to to get out in in front of it uh, a little bit, but Nightmare Alley basically makes this book totally obsolete. <laughs> uh, but it's okay, it's okay, uh, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to say too much about Nightmare Alley, um, I, uh, but, it, you know, uh, man, the first hour of that movie is really long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I'll just leave it there. Um, got another book here. Our, our good friend Tim Grierson, oh, yeah. colleague of ours. Tim has a book out called This Is How You Make a Movie, yeah. which is a whole lot of great interviews with tons of filmmakers, Spielberg, Scorsese. Uh, you know, it's it, he's he's he, he what he it's not. I shouldn't say interviews. He's what he is, is he's he's separated the book into all of these different film techniques mm -hmm. and, um, you know, like depth of field, for example. And then and he references these filmmakers in particular, in particular interviews with them and, and quotes that they've given and, and things that he examines from their films. And he's put it all together in, in a, in a, in kind of a wonderful compendium of all the, the things that make filmmaking. So if you're, if you're looking for a book, that's kind of um, a practical breakdown of film technique, for example, uh, let me get one here panning. All right. So just open it randomly to panning, moving the camera from a fixed point, fixed point in order to take in all the action. Fair enough. And then he talks here in um, um, ab about how you hold on. Let me let me just get to the thing here. So he taught he gets a whole bunch of different examples. Right. Uh, so, for example, in Paranormal Activity 3, he's got examples from The Last Picture Show, 1971, Peter Bogdanovich, The Lobster yeah. in, in 2015. And then he's got one here in Paranormal Activity 3. And you're like, well, that's really interesting. How do you do that? And so he's, he's giving you all these different, these very, very different examples from different films of how a panning shot can be used. And he does all kinds of different techniques. Here's, here's one of my favorite, uh, chiaroscuro. You're like, what the hell's chiaroscuro? Yeah. Like, uh, what's that? Well, that's a particular light and shadow technique. He talks about the Godfather, talks about touch of evil, goes into night of the hunter, uh, gives you all these really, really great examples. Um, so this is a wonderful book. Tim is an awesome guy. Yeah. He's, uh, he put a lot of work into this and, uh, I, I tip my hat to him. It's well done. Outstanding. Outstanding. I must have for, for any, uh, wannabe filmmaker or film student. I'll put it that way. A student of film. Absolutely. Shooting Midnight Cowboy, Art, Sex, Loneliness, Liberation, and the Making of a Dark Classic by Glenn Frankel, who uh, also wrote uh, about the searchers in High Noon. This is a wonderful making of book about um, Midnight Cowboy, uh, which is just absolutely terrific. Uh, a fascinating, fascinating story. Um, and then we also have um, Buzz, The Life and Art of Busby Berkeley, oh. which is was out a few years ago. This is now out in soft cover from uh, the University uh, Press of Kentucky, University of Kentucky Press. Mm -hmm. um, a w wonderful story about Busby Berkeley, the, the great musical legend who had an unbelievably dark life outside of the musicals. Uh, we also talked about uh, making Ryan's daughter, which is also going to shortly be coming out in American pressing. Meanwhile, there is the European pressing, David Lean's 1970 film, which took over a remote part of Western Ireland for one of the all-time most extraordinary uh, production 
I don't want to say catastrophe. It was just a production adventure yeah. uh, over there. It was an amazing story. Making Ryan's Daughter by um, um, Paul Benedict Rowan. And then this book by N- Lars Nilsson and Friends. Oh, yeah. Tim, oh, yes. Warped and Faded. Let's talk about Warped and Faded for a second. This is kind of an amazing thing. Weird Wednesday and the birth of the American genre film market. Yeah, yeah. Really, really interesting story that uh, is part biography. Tim League uh, and his wife and others, um, uh, who, who, of course, uh, ultimately founded the Alamo Draft House Cinema chain. Uh, and, and where they sort of came from and how, uh, at that, um, at, at a point some 20 odd years ago, uh, after, after having a, a cinema up in Bakersfield, they go to Austin, uh, and they set up this sort of art house cinema and have to figure out what they're going to show. And, uh, and, uh, through all kinds of machinations, they end up showing these really sort of fairly obscure films, uh, uh about everything that you can possibly think of. Uh, we're, we're talking about, um, uh, your sort of export exploitation films from every genre, uh, including black exploitation, uh, uh, chop shop films, uh, you name it, uh, but really, really super duper ultra obscure films. And collectively, these this group of people uh, put together this archive that became an actual archive of these movies uh, from this. And, and, and uh, the, the, it refers to um, uh, the, the the night of the week that they would show these 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 crazy films, and it was very very popular. It went on for years and years and years. And this book um, uh, pulls all that material together into three interesting sections. The first being sort of biographical. The middle section being uh, an, uh, um, a, a, a bibliography of all of the films that they showed over that period of time. And then the third section, sort of breaking out uh, the sort of really interesting films with with great stories uh, that that made for some really interesting moments for Weird Wednesday. Man, it's a really, really neat book. I like it a lot. It's a a really neat book. It's uh, it's called Warped and Faded, and it is such an interesting story. So if you're a a serious genre or cult film fan, even if you're not, I mean, it's a great thing to put on the coffee table book, uh, the coffee table as well. Soft cover, but it's definitely a coffee table book. Uh, let's roll through, uh, through some of the, um, uh, holiday themed stuff. Yeah. It's always a right time for a new, it's a wonderful life release. So that is out once again. <laughs> uh, they, uh, you know, they, they find a, a, a new way of doing it every single time. Uh, so, uh, we've got a nice new, uh, kind of boxed set here, which includes some recipe cards from the official Bailey family cookbook. If you can believe that, uh, that actually exists. So we got some recipe cards. You can start making some food while you watch the movie. Uh, has all the original uh, extras on it on on HD, and then a nice um, uh, the, the recipes are hilarious. Actually, it's really a kind of a kind of a clever gimmick to try to sell it again. But uh, a nice little addition to that is this DVD, The Real Bedford Falls. It's a Wonderful Life, the town, the movie, the legend, and uh, this is a this is this is from Kino Lorber and Virgil Films, released just last year, and this is a really cool little thirty minute. Documentary that doesn't overstay its we- uh, its welcome. Where um, they go to the um, they you know the the real Bedford Falls, which is the setting of the movie, is is, is kind of um, an amalgamation of a bunch of different places. Yeah. And so so they go to Seneca Falls. They go to the It's a Wonderful Life Festival, uh, and they're they're sort of they, they go to the places to recreate a lot of, you know, how do you recreate modern day Bedford Falls in America? 
and it's and it's fun and it's sweet yeah. and and it's a good thing to watch along with it's a wonderful life it gives you a taste of how the film still kind of has a footprint in the culture today uh, it's really a it's really very sweet it's a nice little 30 minute it you know would have been would have been um would have been a great extra uh yeah. but it's not an extra so you know you can you can get it and make furnish your own extra um we've got this thing called pups alone with uh, with malcolm mcdowell and danny trejo yeah. i know what you're thinking i know what you're thinking tim you, you woke up last night and you thought damn it why have danny trejo and malcolm mcdowell never been in a movie together <laughs> well and and then and then you and then you thought in fact you know what would make it even better if we had danny trejo and malcolm mcdowell in the same movie the same movie with Jerry O'Connell, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Rob Schneider, and Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> that would make a movie. And, and apparently puppies. Do I understand? And, and dogs. You know, all I know and is, dogs. All I know is somebody's going to kill a puppy. That's, <laughs> I'm sure of it. I'm just sure of it. Dolph Lundgren, okay. Jr., somebody's going to kill a puppy. I, I just know it. This is, uh, this is from Saban Films, where clearly people take a lot of drugs in the development department. <laughs> And, um, um, you know what? I mean, I'll, it's, it's holiday time. I'm not going to be too hard on this thing. It's, uh, Malcolm McDowell and and Danny Trejo are hardly even in this thing. They, they, they just bring some kind of weird star power. Mm. Uh, it's effectively Jerry O'Connell and Jennifer Love Hewitt with Rob Schneider. That's basically the group. Uh, Dolph Lundgren is, is sort of riffing on himself here. I mean, it's, it's silly. It's cute. Um, it'll, it'll be fun for the kids. They'll, they'll have a blast with it. Uh, also, what's really really fun is uh, the the original Honeymooners special at Christmas Carol Absolutely. with Jackie Gleason. I mean, and this is great. This is just the Honeymooners clan doing their own version of Christmas Carol uh, for live television. This was done in 1977. It it still holds up. It's absolutely great. Jackie Gleason could do no wrong. There's a guy I'd just love to do a biopic about. But who would play him? Uh, yeah. Who would play? Ja- who could? Who could possibly do that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, the late Philip Seymour Hoffman would have been great. Uh, oh, he would have. Gosh, he would have nailed yeah, it, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a tragedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This- gosh, now I'm. Oh. This on that well anyway that's that's really fun um as long as we're uh we're in the we're in the the christmas animal mode i'll throw a, i'll throw a few more at you <laughs> <laughs> we've got we've got a gift from bob which is apparently based on a book series uh bob being a cat who actually plays himself in this thing um you know it, it, look i mean Friggin' it's I, I don't know I don't know he's a he's a stray cat and he brings happiness and you know somehow they get the cat to behave I don't I'm not in I'm uh, Charles Martin Smith by the yeah, way directed this uh, week yeah. who Charles you know Martin, yeah. very very great old actor um, who's directing stuff now so it's it's kind of sweet but here's the thing that amazes me with cats in movies and especially this one how do you train a cat man? nah doesn't happen doesn't happen I don't get doesn't it happen. I do not under I just don't get how they make cats do do things in movies yeah, yeah. Um, dogs I do. And then, uh, and then Brandy Roderick and Stephen Chase in Ace and the Christmas Miracle, which is kind of you know it's like uh, it's a it's a horse movie, and uh, and and uh, the only reason to watch this, the only reason to watch this is because Ace the horse um, speaks, and Ace's uh, voice is John Lovitz. Yeah, John Lovitz. There's no other. There's no other reason. Tommy Flanagan. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing else, nothing else going on. Got a couple of, got a couple of steel books for, for holiday titles here, yeah. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, oh. which is basically thanks, it's Thanksgiving yeah, themed, yeah. but it still flies, right? They're remaking that with Kevin Hart and Will Smith. 
I wish they wouldn't do a different movie with those two actors. Seriously, don't don't yeah. redo Planes, Trains. Just decide to make a really funny movie with Kevin Hart and Will Smith, and just and and and, and you're yeah. one of them, or they hire somebody, and you write a movie, write write write, write us a movie. No reason whatsoever. There There's nothing. Plain. It's perfectly fine, just the way it is. Yeah. Don't need it in black. And 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 and, and, and you know and, it, well, and well and the other the other thing too. The, when you when you if you're going to remake planes, trains, and automobiles, you're clearly doing it because you feel you need the theme, you need the branding of the original thing to sell it. But wait a minute, Kevin Hart and Will Smith—that doesn't sell it by itself. I, I think those like, two gigantic movie stars, you're good, and just write them their own, just like John, planes, trains, and automobiles, 1987, I think it is. Uh, yeah, John, yep. John, John Hughes, uh, yep. Steve, and uh, and uh, and Candy. It was an original it's film. An original film. John Hughes, he sat down. He said, I'm going to write a movie. Put these two guys in. Somebody, we said it during Thanksgiving. Hey, yeah. For what reason do we never do that anymore? Why is that no longer know. allowed? Why must everything be, okay, I'm on a tangent. I'm, I'll stop. I uh, know. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, and the other one, the other steel book is the original Christmas specials collection. All five of the original great holiday favorites. Rudolph, oh. the red nosed reindeer, Frosty, oh. the snowman, Santa Claus is coming to town, which we're going to watch tonight with my daughter, yeah. uh, the little drummer boy and cricket in the heart. Uh, uh, those are, that, that's it. They're great. The only thing that would have made this better would have been to, to throw in, um, uh, Mr. Magoo's Christmas yeah. Carol. Uh, that would have that would have that would have worked for me too. But anyway, there's, there's a bunch of great extras on here too. Uh, the Animagic World of Rankin Bass, who of course made all of these. We love the old Rankin Bass stuff. It's just fantastic. So it's a, this is a wonderful little uh, little look back at Rankin Bass and, and how they made all their animated and stop motion stuff. Uh, thing here called T E A M Rudolph Team Rudolph and the Reindeer Games, which is like a video storybook. Uh, it's okay. And then some original pencil tests for Frosty the Snowman, which are really cute. So that's a, that's a great steel book. Yeah. These come out every year, but they haven't been out in the steel book before. Yeah. Um, Tim, did you ever watch the Waltons? Oh, are you, you Waltons fan when you're kidding? Your first to last episode, all of them. John Boy, good night, John I, Boy, good night. Oh my gosh, that, that, my, that was, that was my father's upbringing. He used to love that show and we watch all the time. And the original, uh, movie that launched that, yeah. which did not really have the original cast. I think Will Gear was in it. Was called the Homecoming. the Homecoming. Well, they've remade the Homecoming, so we now have the Waltons Homecoming, which is a new um, a new holiday movie. It's a it's got like basically that original story done with a with a new and a younger cast. And um, I, uh, you know, it's I, it it still works. Yeah. It still works. It's it's still you know you still it it it, it, it still works. It really does. I, uh, I see that, I, I see I, that I, uh, Richard Thomas as self is in this. Is, is that a framing thing that they're doing? It's kind of, yeah, kind of. It's uh, I, 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 I will not get into the, the details of how that works. It, it does tie. It ties it all together. It does tie it all together, kind of. But but it's a it's a lovely it's a lovely revisitation of the original story that launched the Waltons, and it's a lovely way of tying it together with its origin with its roots. Mm-hmm. It's it's just nostalgic and sweet, and it's a it is a Christmas themed story. The Homecoming was always a Christmas themed story, and and Earl Hamner, by the way, we should always point this out. Earl Hamner, who created the Waltons uh, and and was a great writer on a lot of TV shows, it's all about his life. Yeah. It was basically his his story. It was He's John Boy. His upbringing. He's John Boy, yeah. and and Earl Hamner also wrote uh, at least two really great Twilight Zone episodes. One of which is about that the old the old guy and the dog mm-hmm. 
who die. Um, that's, you know, the old hunter, the old hillbilly guy. Great, great episode. Uh, great, great episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then lastly here, we've got a couple of PBS titles, 20 snowy stories. And then the, uh, PBS kids Christmas collection, both these PBS kids, uh, 20 snowy stories and the Christmas collection. This is just pretty much everything that they could come up with that has snow in it. Every show from Caillou to dinosaur train, Daniel Tiger, Arthur, uh, let's go Luna, Wild Kratz, you know, Peg and Peg plus Cat, Pinkalicious. I mean, all these shows. Some of them I can't stand, and some of them I think are, 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 are pretty cute. So, look, if you've got a kid that, and you just need to keep our kids, and you just need to keep them busy with a lot of safe PBS stuff, there, there you go. That's for the most part pretty safe. And then we've got the Christmas collection, which is all of these. Uh, all these kinds of very specific Christmas romance and, and kind of silly comedy movies that are set in different locations and, and different. Anyway, th- this is how they go. Christmas in the Smokies is one. Christmas in the Wilds is another. Christmas on the Coast, a little more cosmopolitan. Christmas in the Pines. There you go. And then lastly, Christmas in the Rockies. Mm. Uh, you've heard of almost nobody in any of these. These are all actors who are, you know, they made the casting call and they're on their way up and they're just trying to build a resume. And, uh, the writing is, is, you know, it's fine. This is from Imagicom. They, they're the ones that make this. It's, it's all designed to be very hallmarky, very lifetime, very safe, but, um, it's a nice collection. You know, so check it out if you if you want if you want to kind of build a library of that stuff. Christmas in the Smokies, in the Wilds, on the Coast, in the Pines, and in the Rockies. Um, all right, Tim, we, where do we turn next? We can, we can go to the box sets. We can go to, uh, classic 4k what are we, TV new movies. What do we got here? Well, uh, I'm looking at TV. We got a lot of Star Trek. I see. Yes, we do. Uh, and, 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 Whole lot. And so, so this original series, um, uh, what is that? Like a, 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 a new set of Blu-ray or something? What do we got? This is this. Yeah, this is Star Trek: The Original Series. Uh, this is um, uh, steel books of the original. Uh, the original series, the first three seasons, mm-hmm. seasons one, two, and three, in a nice uh, cardboard sleeve. Very nice set. They've been released before. Obviously, this is the these are the same remasters that we've had released before with all of the uh, special features that you've had before, which are amazing. There's no reason going through all the special features, but they're in steelbooks. Mm-hmm. So if you you know if you don't if you you, you kind of want to upgrade, get rid of those old plastic cases that take up maybe too much space. You, you I know. We have all the colors. They are yeah, that's the level. They were. They were they're, they're, they're big. They're maybe you want to just, maybe you want to slim down. Maybe you want steel books. So we got a nice, beautiful box set with all the steel books in it. And, and it's really gorgeous. It's, it's, it's heavy, but it's nice. And, you know, sometimes heavy is really good because, you know, if you, if, I mean, not giving away secrets here, but if you want somebody to think you've given them a really good gift, but you haven't spent much money, you want to try to get weight to offset what you didn't spend money on, right? So. If you get a good deal on this, it's heavy. And someone will pick it up and go, ooh, you must have spent a lot of money on something this heavy. So it's an old Christmas tree. Yeah, I love it. It's an old I love Christmas love it. Tree. Discovery, uh, yeah. one through three, seasons one through three. I, you know, Discovery, I, I, I like it more than you. Uh, yeah. But, but, uh, but I, it's, it's, it's sort of getting there. I kind of I dig it a little bit. Uh, but what do you got, one through three? Anything good come with that? No, not really. I, I just, I just want to say, I mean, I, I, it's, you know, I'm not going to be a grouch or a Grinch on, uh, <laughs> or a Scrooge on Christmas. Go for it. Discovery, one through three. It's a great show, even if there are characters with too much makeup. 
I'll live with it. What's a D on a Star Trek? On a Star Trek series, it's, it's nutty. Uh, Superman animated series. Yeah, uh, beautiful Blu-ray of uh, Superman, the complete animated series. This is the now. There have been a million Superman animated shows. This is the more recent one. This is the. This is not the Fleischer Superman or anything like that. Mm-hmm. This is the one from twenty-five years ago. This is the uh, the late nineties version. That's the, that's, that's the one that I actually engaged even more than the Fleischer. So the Fleischer, yeah. from the what were they from? Like the fifties, uh, oh, like fifties, I or think fifties, forties, fifties. Yeah, yeah. I love them. They, they had the sort of, uh, but you know, the Superman that I watched more of is that Superman from the nineties. Well, it's beautiful. It's a twenty fifth anniversary. It's a six disc edition, and uh, it's got commentaries on four episodes, five featurettes, and uh, it's. Uh, it's some really fun stuff. The, the commentaries, uh, I listened to two of the commentaries and they're really good. They do, they do what the commentaries are supposed to, which is they get into the stories, they get into the animation, they get into the, the, you know, all the stuff you want them to get into. And you know, 25 years ago, this, this show holds up. I got to admit the animation still really, really works. Yeah. Yeah. Great, really narratives, great narratives in that series too. They, they were very contemporary. The narratives yep. in that Superman series. What's in that Snoopy collection? Snoopy collection is so much fun. We just watched uh, Charlie Brown Christmas uh, a couple of nights ago, and 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 then we tried to watch the uh, the second Charlie Brown Christmas special. Mm. Not good. Yeah. Not good. Really not good at all. No, this is uh, this is all four of the the kind of classic feature movies uh, featuring Snoopy: A Boy Named Charlie Brown, uh, Race for Your Life, Charlie yeah. Brown, Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown, and Snoopy Come Home. Okay. And I got to be honest, a boy named Charlie Brown and Snoopy come home are kind of the two all time classics. Uh, You know, this is those are the ones that really, really capture everybody. These things also totally hold up. They're all rated G. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful peanut stuff. And uh, worth pointing out that the other two race for your life, Charlie Brown and Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown, never, ever, ever been on Blu-ray before. So this is all for the feature length Charlie Brown movies together in a Blu-ray set for the very, very first time. It's really, really great. And they look beautiful. That's nice. Uh, That's Tim, nice. Tim Yellowstone. We got, uh, oh, yeah. we, we got a, a be- we have beautiful sets for the first three seasons of Yellowstone. The show is still going, of course. Um, and I know people who, who've worked on it and uh, they really yeah. like working on the show. But uh, it's, uh, anyway, this is seasons one, two, and three on Blu-ray. Beautiful special um, uh, Dutton Ranch decal editions be beautifully uh, packed up as a, as a gift from Paramount. Um, special features on here that, that uh, are really, really nice, go all the way inside, a lot of back behind the scenes stuff. But ultimately, this is kind of, this is still kind of Dallas Dynasty ish, mm-hmm. isn't it? Dallas Dynasty with a little touch of Falcon Crest. Talk about there. Yeah. yeah. What was his name? Earl, Earl Hamner. Uh, yeah. yeah. Earl Hamner, Falcon Crest. That was one of his. Uh, yeah, it's right there. Yeah, Yellowstone, which is interesting to me, you know, but just something like set in the West. Uh, there you have it. There you have it. It, 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 it. Who who would have thought that Kevin Costner would have a late stage career renaissance yeah. as the patriarch of a hit TV show? You know, he had to grow into it. It's a really amazing thing. These these cats that we followed, you know, our our first Kevin Costner were our first Kevin Costner. I think it's his hand or something in the, in the big chill. He's, it is. That's right. He's, he's barely in it. And then uh, uh, Silverado. Uh, Lawrence Cassidy. Yeah. Um, he's the he's the younger brother uh, of, of uh, who is it? Scott. Uh, 
Oh, anyway, that wonderful Western, Danny Glover. But then, but then, but then again, remember, I grew up thinking that Barbara Stanwyck was that sweet white-haired lady on the Big Valley, <laughs> as opposed to that vixen from Double Indemnity, <laughs> wearing those souls. It's kind of nutty. What, dude? Uh, Thundar the Barbarian again? I don't know. I, oh my god! In the ninety, in the in the in the eighties. Uh, in the early 80s, I had a thing. You know, I was a grown man in the early 80s. In the early 80s, I had a thing for all these cartoons. What Thundar the Barbarian are we talking about? Thundar the Barbarian, the complete series, the original Hanna-Barbera classic uh, is now, uh, this is now part of the Hanna-Barbera classic collection, the complete series of Thundar the Barbarian. It's pretty much like like all those other uh, Hanna-Barbera shows from that time, but it's it's great nostalgia and it's out now and it's a lot of fun. I wish it were on Blu-ray. It's not. It's DVD, but that's fine. If you want to introduce your kids and go... This is a cartoon from my era. Yeah. If you want to be that person over the holidays, you can uh, you can go to town with this. I mean, I what I like about this was that most of these other shows were very sci-fi. Yeah. And this was more fantasy. This was more kind of uh um, No, this is this is as close to that cats that uh, Rob Marshall did a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's more it's kind of it's kind of more Conan, yeah. you know. It's more 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 like a like a Conan the Barbarian E-Man, for kids. Uh, Masters of the Universe. E-Man, that, 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 E-Man some of that. Yeah. I dream of Genie. Uh, uh, Blu-ray! Oh my god. Uh, you know, cause look, you, you, we, 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 oh. of the look, uh, Bewitch, yes, love me some Bewitch with the two dares and all that. But it, and I know it may not be popular to this day, but I absolutely loved. I dream a genie was totally in love with Barbara Eden. I cannot recommend this show enough. My daughter, do- I have shown a couple of these episodes to my daughter, so I've tried to get her because she still loves cartoons, and I've tried to get her a little bit more into uh, into the TV shows I grew up on. Haven't gotten to Gilligan's Island yet. Haven't gotten to the Beverly Hillbillies. We're still, you know, working our way there. But I have shown her the Munsters, mm-hmm. which she thinks is ridiculously funny. And I've shown her I Dream of Jeannie, and she loves Jeannie. She loves Jeannie. And, the, you know, and, and, and the beautiful thing here, I know a lot of people try to be in like, oh, it's not, it's not, you know, feminist. He owns her. And there's a, like, no, no. Let me explain to you. Jeannie owns Tony. Yeah. That's, That's the, the thing twist that people of the show. Never get when they see the show, Jeannie's running every fucking thing. Whatever, whatever Jeannie wants to happen at the end of the day, that's what's going to happen. Tony Absolutely. says no. Jeannie says yes. Blinks her eyes and the shit goes down. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way that show works. Who's in charge? Jeannie's in charge. <laughs> It's uh, it's so it's still so much fun. And the beautiful thing I have to say about this. So the original release of this on DVD came in this kind of elaborate uh, box set that was shaped like the bottle and all this stuff. But the, the first season was all in color. It was all color. Ah. Whereas the, fir- the, the first season was originally black and, black white. and white. Yeah. Same thing with Gilligan's Island. You know, a lot of those shows had a first season in black and white and then went color in the second season. And this is another of them. And and uh, and this has the original episodes of the first season in black and white, which is great. It's 12 discs. It's from Mill Creek. Yeah, you almost never see them. You almost never see them. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's uh, all on Blu-ray, and we're going to be watching a lot of this over the holidays. going to be watching a lot. And, you know, um, got to remember, too, Tony and Jeannie eventually got married. Yeah. So Jeannie wound up getting pretty much everything she wanted out of the yeah. I'm telling you, if you want this, it's the, it's the, it's the exact opposite, actually. Yeah, you, you, yeah you, the Ricardos is, is one of the big films that, you know, we're all, you, yeah. you and I have been talking about it, and you, we have our issues and whatnot. We won't, we won't kill it for people. Uh, at, at the moment, but the show itself, um, uh, I love Lucy. I, I, I was never a fan. 
I was never a fan of, of the show. I was never a fan of Lucy. I was never a fan of the dynamic happening in that show. It seemed to me that Lucy was all about undermining Ricky. <laughs> she, she, it's like, Ricky's trying, yeah, look, I got this show. I'm trying to do this thing. And Lucy's like, I want to be in the show. He's like, but you can't sing. You can't dance. You can't do anything. <laughs> and, 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 and you know what I'm like? It's like, look, it's not my fault that you don't have any talent. He goes to Hollywood. She undermines, almost almost ruins his Hollywood. Lucy, Jeannie was, was like, look, Tony, I'm a fucking genie. Yeah. Bro, yeah. I can make this shit happen. What do you need, baby? Yeah. What do you need? And Tony's like, no, genie, no, genie, no, genie. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and she has to yeah, work I mean, around him to help him. Let me help you help yourself, Tony. One of my favorites is the is the episode with Boyce and Hart. And, and Boyce and Hart were, of course, the great songwriting and, and performing duo. Wrote a lot of, of, as long as we're talking about passing of Mike Ness, but Boyce and Hart wrote a lot of great monkeys, too. Yeah. And, and they have that same vibe. It's a similar thing. And it's where Boyce and Hart guest, uh, guested as a couple of guys that Jeannie blinks together to form a band. Yeah. And... Right. I mean, and it's it's just it's it's really, really, really fun. It's a it's a terrifically fun episode uh, with some great cameos mm-hmm. in it. Um, and then we've all I mean, just you got to get this. I dream of Genie on Blu-ray. Come on, yeah. make yourselves happy. Yeah. Make the family happy. Uh, two more Ultraman uh, shows from the ongoing series releases oh, yeah. from Mill Creek. Ultraman Dinah, the complete series, plus all the specials and Ultraman Tiga complete series, plus all the specials. I am so far out of the loop at this point. I, all I know is, all I know is that the heads are like different shapes and have, you know, different forms on them. That's the only way I'm, I couldn't tell the difference between any of them. Uh, you know, what Ultraman is a Dinah is a Tiga versus a, you know, a mega versus a, a Friga. I have no idea, but you know what? Uh, I don't need to know because they didn't make these for me. They made these for all you Ultraman lunatics out there. So go pop these under the Christmas tree or in, you know, uh, as, uh, you know Hanukkah is over now, so we can't really sort of suggest that. But uh, there you go. Yeah. Um, and then and then a couple other shows here. Uh, complete series of Hawthorne with Jada Pinkett oh, yeah. Smith and the complete series of Younger, uh, which is a Darren Starr show that tried to sort of capture the... Um, the, the sex the of the spirit city of the, sort of yeah, thing, yeah. Yeah, but uh, it didn't quite catch on. Um, you know, Tony Winter Sutton Foster is the is the star of Younger, and, and I, I think she's still going to come on, but, um, you know, there's like, she, like she's 40 and she's trying to be 20, and there's, there's a whole, like, little age gimmick in it, but, I, I mean, she's very good, I, but, you know, for some reason, did you watch any? Oh, yeah, young- that, you, you, you looked at you, you, everything you said, plus, that show just looked cheap. You know, you go back, you look at those sex in the cities. Man, there's, there's production value in the, you know, I mean, you're in Manhattan and all that stuff in the first place, but, but that show looked like it cost a buck 95. Uh, and, yeah, and, you're and, right. and uh, with a bunch of bad acting, a bunch of bad actors, and, and, um, you know, and, and these sort of, uh, been through the ringer sort of Darren Star stories. Uh, uh, or, yeah. Uh, so, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I agree completely on that one. And, and, and Hawthorne didn't run for very long, 30 episodes, but, uh, Jade is very good. And, and, it's, good and, and it's a damn good show and should have ran longer because younger than we just, I think that ran three or four seasons. Uh, dude, Mark Anthony, Mark Anthony's an actor on this show. Yeah. Like people don't realize that Mark Anthony, the singer yeah. became an actor on a medical yeah. show and is and really, really good. good. At it. Yeah. Mark Anthony was always good. Actor. Yeah. Mark Anthony's in bringing out the dead, I think. 
Oh, he is. He is. He is. It's something like, yeah. Tiny little, yeah. tiny little role, but he's just fantastic at it. And then he started hanging around with Jennifer Lopez, and there you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, she's, she's back with Ben. Yeah, now. that's what happens with all that. Uh, it's funny that we've gone through all of that. Where are we going now? Uh, let's let's uh, let's hit up some uh, some uh, real quickly just some of the new films that are out this week. This isn't Christmas stuff, but it's worth mentioning because they're new and maybe somebody you know somebody who wants to wants it as a gift. Mm. Uh, Paul Schrader's new movie, The Card Counter, yeah, actually, uh, yeah. pr- produced by Martin Scorsese, starring Oscar Isaac and Tiffany Haddish and uh, Ty Sheridan. All very very good. Uh, it's it's kind of a classic gambling theme. Paul Schrader um, metaphor for life, the dark edges, and uh, you know I, 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 I it's. Really quite good. And I think Ty Sheridan is very, very good in it. Oscar Isaac's very good. They're in a bunch of movies this season. Ty Sheridan's also in the uh, uh, in the Tender Bar, the George yeah. Clooney film. Yeah. I don't know. Have you gotten around to seeing that? No, yeah, I got it over there. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to pull that one out. It's, watch it. Let me know what you think of it. I, I watched that a couple of nights ago, too. Okay. I um, I really enjoyed it. I think Ty Sheridan's quite good in it. I, it totally different. Okay. And it's totally different in this. So the card count, the Paul Schrader movie. I'm, 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 I'm um, trying to decide whether 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 the the shenanigans, the shenanigans, uh, the, the, the 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 business of Ben Affleck uh, in all of that. We were just joking about it. You know, Jennifer Lopez threw. Ben is really story. good in the tennis yeah, bar. Yeah. He's shockingly good. I mean, I was shocked how much I like you know because I mean I'm usually ripping off uh, you know, it, it, really it's, it's, I've, I've, I've been in and out with Ben Affleck for a long time now which is kind of funny uh, but every now and again he's really really good I, I didn't need that last duel thing um, uh, yeah no that's that's a problem but what are you gonna, yeah. oh Henry did you see that one yeah that dude I, I, I really I, this was kind of an uh, I, I really like this this was sort of a, uh, a surprise yeah. for me uh, I liked it better uh, well, as westerns go, it's just sort of western, and 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 you got Tim Blake Nelson, who's who's this is farmer, this everyday farmer guy, uh, and then your mud farmer. He's got this young son, uh, and 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 they run across this guy uh, who who has this money, and he's involved with these other bad guys, you know, Stephen Dorff and all that, and all this stuff. But you know, it has a sort of it, it lives in the same space as Unforgiven in a certain way in terms of those characters, you know, that Clint Eastwood character in Unforgiven. And, and, yeah. and except that Clint Eastwood guy in Unforgiven, it's you know six foot whatever Clint Eastwood is, you know was in nineteen ninety yeah. whatever, and he's this guy, and, and, and you know, and he's in, in, and Tim Blake Nelson is this very slight, little bitty guy, um, yet in this in this who who you know was was a, a, a scary man uh, back in the day, uh, and he's and Tim Blake is able to evoke a really believable guy, this old Henry guy. Uh, and you look at this little guy and you think, you know, you know what? I don't want to fuck with this guy. <laughs> Tim, Tim, Tim like generates that. Uh, and yeah. uh, and then he actually plays it. He plays it. He plays it in this fairly, you know, taut uh, and bloody, pretty bloody uh, yeah. uh, Western. I think so. Good, good work. I kind of I, I, I like it. I, I'm glad you liked it, too. Yeah, I did. I thought it was really terrific. And and I and I don't want to rip on on Clint because I'm being nice, mm. uh, you know. But Cry Macho is also yeah. out. Not my favorite Clint film. Yeah. I will be honest, but I, I give him credit for making it at uh, in his 90s. I hope it's not his last film. I kind of want a, a better film than Cry Macho. Um, the character in the book apparently is in his 40s or something, and Clint's in his 90s. And there's a romance, you know, with this Mexican lady and. Um, I mean, the whole story of it where he's he's hired to go and get this uh, get this guy's son back over the border who's, you know, like his he's an old horse trainer. Mm. Right. And the guy he works for has a son 
who's half American, half Mexican, who's with his mom in Mexico. And Clint has to be the guy who kind of goes and brings him back across the border. And, and you know, so he can have a, a normal life as opposed to whatever dysfunctional life he has with his borderline organized crime mall mom. Anyway, uh, so it's kind of a road trip. Doesn't really work. It feels loose and sloppy. The scenes where Clint is like riding a horse and breaking it, where you have a long shot of somebody else yeah. riding the horse, and then you cut to these close-ups of of ninety three year old or ninety two year old Clint, clearly not on a horse, yeah. not working for me. But I admire him for for actually giving it uh, the old college. Try. Well, uh, we had an interesting conversation about it when it, when when it came out, and, and and what I what I think I admire is the fact that when Clint Eastwood wakes up every day. Uh, in his mind, he's 19 years old and he's yeah. Clint fucking Eastwood and, and he can do whatever the hell he wants. Uh, and yeah. he has been for 90 some odd years and, and more and more, you know, I, I look, that's an easy thing to sort of like poke an old guy about. But more and more, I'm starting, I'm deeply appreciating that. Uh, Clint, yeah, I hear you. Clint plainly is not wake, waking up every day thinking, oh, I'm 93 and there's a bunch of shit I can't do. Uh, 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 <laughs> he don't, true. he don't do that. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking Clint might have it right. Yeah. yeah, you maybe yeah. do. All right. And then uh, we got some animated stuff real fast. Uh, Paw Patrol, the movie. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, if you like the TV show, you're going to love the movie. There's really nothing I can tell you about this. It's it's the same animation. It's just more of it. Uh, yeah. And then um, this little animated feature called Mosley, oh, mm. which, is, which is really sweet. Did you see Mosley? Oh yeah, I saw Mosley. I saw Mosley. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, we had a little hesitation there. Yeah, I saw Mosley. Uh, um, look, it's, 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 it's an interesting film, but it, it has, it's, it's just this whole sort of slave narrative in it, but it's, but it's, but it's, it's that's true. It's, in, in the guise of these creatures that don't actually exist and, and yeah, the, the, yeah, it, it's a. Uh, I, I mean, the, I, I like the animation, and I like the I like the voice casting. Well, I mean, yeah, Lucy uh, Lawless I I, and the Lucy Lawless and John John Reese Davies, who always has this wonderful, wonderful voice. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it's uh, it's a thing. It's for, it's from a company called Who Who. Yeah, is that right? What is it like? Yeah, I think it's like New Zealand or something like that. That's yeah. And then Mitchell's versus the machines, uh, which I do not like. Everyone else does. No, no, not, Sam, too, you too, see too, yeah, no, no, too much, too much, it, 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 too much, too fast. Too, it, it never stops. It never stops. It never stops. Um, and and I just can't deal with that. As opposed to Bell, I think we talked about Bell. Um, uh, uh, this lovely sort of floaty. Uh, 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 animation. This so no, um, uh, not. See, I I like the slower. This thing's too way too frenetic for me. But I have a feeling it's going to be really in the running. I mean, it's the people who did uh, you know the Spider Man into the Spider Verse movie. Uh, it's it's uh, Phil Lord and uh, Christopher Miller who of course did the Lego yeah. movies or were were key creative personnel on it. So it's got all of that freneticism. But uh, if you, I mean, look, if that stuff works for you, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, we've, uh, and then we have three kind of interesting newish movies to, uh, to just also finish out with here. One is Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, yeah. I'm not mm -hmm. particularly a fan. A lot of people are. We've got a lot of musicals this year. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll let you talk about Dear Evan Hansen. Look, the problem of Dear, uh, of Dear Evan Hansen, unfortunately, is that, that he, uh, what's his name who's playing the lead in that? Uh, 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 that movie, I forget his name, but he's, he's, he played the, he played the, the role on Broadway. Oh, Ben, ben Platt. Ben, ben Platt. Uh, thank you. He played yeah. the role on Broadway. Uh, and when he played the role on Broadway, he was somewhere near the correct age. Uh, to play this. By the time he, we get to this movie, he's 30. Uh, and he's supposed to be playing a 17 year old. 
Uh, and, and he's playing against a bunch of people who, who can get away with playing 17 and he can't. He just can't. It's not his fault. It doesn't make him bad. He has a beautiful singing voice. I really love his voice. Very pleading and lovely. Uh, and you know, and, you know, the story is, is, is what the story is, you know, but it, the problem of the movie is that Ben Platt is 30. Yeah. And that's just all there is to it. Well, it's it is one of many musicals you can choose from. We got a few musicals we're going to make uh, mention of here shortly. Um, and then we also have this really interesting, uh, almost I, I want to say like one from the heart type film called Coppelia. It's a Blu-ray and CD, co- uh, Blu-ray DVD combination. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like a pseudo animated <laughs> mocap um, Fantasia. And it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a silly premise. Um, there's, there's almost no way to describe this, that there's this, it's almost like a, like a matrixy kind of thing. Like the, this, this surgeon, it's going to sound really mm. dumb, but there's this surgeon who sort of hypnotizes this whole town and um, Capalia is sort of a uh, like a Pygmalion robot woman creation. And um, it, it's a bit of a Frankenstein thing kind of going on, too. It's 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 very strange, almost impossible to describe. Yeah. Just think about think about a mocap one from the heart. Yeah, that's sort of what's going on here. And um, it's uh, the, the star of it. Uh, uh, Mikalela de Prince, I think. Yeah. Who, who was in uh, Lemonade, Beyonce's yeah. thing? Um, she's the she she's uh, absolutely amazing. Oh, she's, she's lovely, a beautiful, lovely dancer. beautiful dancer. She's an incredible dancer. There's a lot of ballet and, and modern dance. It's really nice in, in, in the piece. Uh, so it's just lovely. It, that's and it's the dance that you're watching yeah. it for. It's it's her it's her ballet her 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 motion. She's just absolutely wonderful. And then you also have Mark Duplass and uh, Natalie Morales in Language Lessons, yeah. which is. Which is cute and sweet. Um, Nat- Nat- nice Natalie little... directing. Yeah, yeah. Natalie directed it. Uh, it's it's it, you know they wrote it together. Uh, it, it, I mean it's a nice little small kind of two person relationish thing. And uh, I I thought it was you know I thought it was it was nice. It was nice to have one of these kinds of movies again, a low budget film that's about relationships. It's funny and it's not overly dark and, and edgy. So that was good. Um, shall we roll through the, the 4Ks? Because some of these we talked about before, but these are all, I think everybody, you know, if you if you didn't have a 4K last year, if you didn't have a 4K player, if you didn't have a 4K television, a lot of people probably do this year and you're going to want to start to say, okay, now what can I get that looks better than just a regular Blu-ray? So let's go through them. Right, let's start, oh, might, my might, as well, might as well start with the biggie, No Time to Die. Uh, no time to die, man. If the, uh, the you know, as long as we're, uh, as long as we're on the James Bond thing, hold on, let me pull it out here. All right. No time to die. It's finally out. It was, it felt like it just came out a second ago and now it's on uh, 4k and you can, you can round out the rest of your bond thing. Um, boy, I'll tell you, Tim, the, you know, what's more impressive than the 4k on yeah. this is the audio. Oh, uh, really? It's like they channeled 50% of the audio to the subwoofer. (laughs) It's unreal. It is seriously unreal. I uh, threw this thing on. I was like, holy cow. 
like you know the plaster is going to start to come down the neighbors are going to complain it was it was a thing yeah, they this this even even when people are just talking yeah. it sounds like 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 daniel craig could just be talking and half of his voice is coming out of the subway <laughs> it's really kind of gnarly sort of gnarly uh, but uh you know your thoughts on the film generally oh a, a, a good a good uh, summation uh, of this uh what daniel craig era i guess you, you would say uh, of the bond films it's a little long but that's okay i didn't mind uh there are a few things uh, uh that, that just bug a guy personally about it you know but yeah, i don't want to give away any narrative so i'll let that go what i love 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 about it is anna de Armas. She, she, oh, she's she, so good. Just, she just walks away with it, and, and and good on Daniel Craig for for you know quote unquote letting her, for letting her, you know, and yeah. just just baby, take me wherever you want to go. And she puts that white dress, oh. and uh, and uh, and she's funny and she's sexy, and and you believe uh, all of her action abilities. You know, she, she, she owns it all completely, and. And uh, she's just the most delightful thing in the movie. Uh, and uh, and I kept thinking to myself, you know, because you're going to reboot the Bond series, of course. Uh, I kept yep. thinking to myself, you know, okay, fine, whatever, do whatever you want with that. But but you can do anything with this character here that you want. Spin her Spin off, her off. Spin and, her and off. You, you, yeah. you've, you've given yourself a wonderful I'm there. Thing. So, yeah, that's, that's, I'm there. that's what I think about that. L- some wonderful extras here. The anatomy of a scene on here is really, really good as well. And, uh, and, and some other really nice, uh, featurettes that kind of tie up the, uh, the Daniel Craig era. Um, uh, you know what he else? He was a good bond. He, he was a good bond. He sure was. You have these people all your best bond, best bond, who's your best bond. Look, they're all good bonds. They're all good. George Lazenby, great bond. Uh, there are no bad bonds. Yep. Uh, the, 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 you, the, it just depends on the nature of the Bond movie that you like, the kind of Bond movie. My favorite, I love a Roger Moore man. I just happen yep. to be a Roger Moore man. I, Sean, Sean Bridget was a Sean Connery man, uh, girl. Uh, I'm a Roger Moore man. I like that Bond. I like what that Bond is doing. Uh, that Bond is, is, is a secret agent and loving it. Just having a good time being a sneaky yep. agent, fun Duran Duran, you know uh, Grace Jones. He's just having a fabulous yep. time being a secret agent. He's not particularly angry. Terrific time. Uh, you know, doesn't, 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 he never kills anybody unless they try to kill him first. <laughs> that he's that Bond, and that's why I love him. I I'm with you. We we've got two giveaways right now. Uh, both of them 4K UHD. We have reviewed them before, and uh, we are going to be uh, in a position to give away one apiece. The Icons of Horror on 4K, which we covered on uh, on our Halloween show, and uh, Inglorious Bastards, the Quentin Tarantino film Inglorious Bastards, both of them on 4K UHD. We're giving away one apiece. Send emails to gods at digigods.com or gods at cinegods.com. Put icons in uh, the subject line for Icons of Horror. Put uh, Quentin in the subject line for the other icons and quentin and uh quentin will get you entered for the uh the random selection of inglorious bastards on 4k icons will get you entered in the uh, icons of horror 4k and uh we will pick a winner by the uh 20th it's not going to get to you uh, necessarily in time for uh for for christmas but um we'll let you know if you won and uh we will get those off uh asap so the uh the 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 twentieth is the deadline for that December twentieth icons for icons of horror and uh, Quentin for inglorious bastards. Um, Tim, we also have all four Indiana Jones movies Ooh. on four K. Uh, 
Uh, the new one, not directed by Spielberg. James Mangold is directing the new one, so that's not going to quite be canonical. Also, I think, isn't Harrison Ford now older than Sean Connery was when he played Harrison Ford's dad? <laughs> yeah, and then the, what would that have been the third film? In the third one, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, I, I think I have a problem with that. I think I have a problem with uh, that. Well, you know, I, 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 look, I wish Sean was still around to be in this one. And then that would, that yeah. would, be, that would have been really, really wicked cool. Uh, but, you know, not going to happen. Based on the actual original timetable, this new film should be taking place in 1977, which means in theory, Indy could be going to the theater to watch Harrison Ford play Han Solo. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> if I if I had green light power, I'd insist that be in the script. Uh, uh, of, of course, uh, Indiana Jones would never go to a science fiction no, he sure would not. Uh, if they wait a few years, he could go and see the original Indiana like, Jones. Wait, movie. that guy looks just like. Wouldn't isn't that a weird thought that we're now making an Indiana Jones movie that is as far from Raiders of the Lost Ark almost as Raiders of the Lost Ark was from the year in which it takes place? Yeah. Wow, kind of crazy, yeah, man. Oh wow. So anyway, uh, these all look beautiful. Uh, we we actually just watched uh, the uh, the first one the other day. Let my daughter see the original Raiders of the Lost Ark all the way through. Mm-hmm. Totally dug yeah, it. Totally dug it. So so we're we're getting there. Well, that was, that um, second one, the, the yeah, um, where uh, you know the, the guy pulls the heart uh, out of yeah, know, and that was that was the thing at the time. You know, everybody was like, oh, well, yeah. this is this is not our you know Siskel and Ebert and everybody. It's what it's, it's, it's what gave us our PG thirteen, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, you know, and uh, but now you 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 see that and you're like, ah, it's not a real heart. <laughs> well, we we uh, and we talked about Star Trek. We have we also uh, have previously reviewed the Star Trek original four movie collection on 4K UHD. That is still uh, something you should really really consider. I wish it had five and six on it. I don't know why they cut it off at four. Nonetheless, even though five, I, I really quite like five and six. Um, I understand that one through four is kind of an arc. Uh, it's sort of its own self-contained story arc. So that's apparently what they're going for. Um, you know, look, I love the original Star Trek motion picture. Mm, it, it's sort of two, two, three, and yeah, two, three, and four are the story arc, but I still love motion picture. I, I just, well, you, yeah, I, do, I loved it too. But at the time people were like, you know, cause they wanted an action film and Robert Wise didn't make an action. Uh, he, that's he, true. He made, a, he made a cerebral sort of thinky sort of film. You know, so. Because that's what Gene Kelly wanted yeah. to write. Or, or Gene, Gene Kelly, Gene, uh, Gene, Right. Um, yeah, that's what he wanted to write. He wanted to do something thinking. Um, you know what else? Tim, Mad Max Anthology mm. on 4K. I, I've been waiting for this for so, so long. This is every Mad Max film from the original 1979. This has been hard to do because the rights are sort of all over the yeah. place. But 1979, Mad Max, The Road Warrior from 1981, Thunderdome from 85, and Mad Max Fury Road from 2015. All of them together in one 4K set. Plus, movies anywhere code. You can't go wrong. Someone's going to be very, very happy to receive this at uh, Christmas oh, yeah. time. Very happy. I George Miller, man, when we gave him the award at the last oh, yeah. dinner, I just went up to him in his bomber jacket and gave him a hug. I couldn't believe I was hugging the man who made Mad Max, which I, 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 I loved that movie. And I was a kid in, in junior high. And here I am hugging the man. Who made oh, it. man. Such a life highlight. So that's the Mad Max anthology. Um, here's a few others real quickly. We also talked about Beverly Hills Cop and Top Gun on previous shows on both of them on 4K. We want to recommend those as well. The Top Gun is in a steel book. Yeah. Um, Eddie Murphy and Beverly Hills Cop 
still totally holds up. Tim. Well, yeah, so it's holds up. Funny, funny. That's funny. That's funny. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just wrong. He was funny. still on Saturday Night Live when he when he when he when he made that movie. He, you know, he he was on Saturday Night Live for a little while longer. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and so you know, he was one of those guys who managed to make that pop, uh, and, and to movie startup while, you know, for not from TV, but while still on TV. Yeah. Very yeah. true. Very true. We all, we've also talked about the, uh, 4k releases and we, we previously talked about, uh, Dune simply as a Blu-ray, but we did get finally the 4k of David Lynch's mm-hmm. Dune, which is uh 4k ultra HD. Uh, looks freaking gorgeous. Uh, nice contrast with the current, mm. uh, Denis Villeneuve mm-hmm. Dune. Timothy they each have their, pl- they each have their mm-hmm. place. It's an interesting contrast, but, uh, Tremors and Dune, both of which, uh, have kind of something in common in the giant sandworm mm-hmm. thing, um, make for a kind of a great arrow 4k twofer. So give that some thought. Um, arrow really went to town, tons of extras on both of these. David Lynch's Dune and, uh, the original Tremors, both of them, 4k ultra HD, great box sets with booklets. Mm-hmm. Um, giant we, guns of Navarone. Yeah. Guns of Navarone and uh, The Outsiders are both new on 4K. Uh, I want to give those a recommendation as well. The, Tim, The Outsiders is really interesting. This is The Outsiders, the complete novel, which is the new Coppola re-edit of this thing. He keeps tinkering with his old movies. Yeah. Cotton, Cotton Club, Apocalypse. Yeah, Redux. Um, yeah. All of these. And, and now we have The Outsiders. Uh, did, did you see the recut of this? By I haven't Jim? seen the recut, no. No, what do you think? It is... It it's better. Oh well, you it's know. Like, it, it, I mean, it's interesting. I, I I was suspicious. I thought he's going to do what he did with Apocalypse, which is add in a bunch of stuff that he, you know, now he's he's having oh, second thoughts about. Print. No, it really is. It's better, and the theatrical version's on here too. But um, I think it's better. I really do. I think this is a better film. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the film, and, and it broke. They gave us. It uh, broke a lot of young. Oh actors. yeah, I was going to say. Yes, yeah, so it gave us C. Thomas and Matt and Ralph Macchio and uh, you know I. Oh, just a whole bunch of ca- Emilio yeah. uh, Patrick Swayze. Film. It's just ridiculous. Tom, Tom, I mean, you know, young Tom Cruise, yeah. man. It's it's Matt Dillon. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ralph Macho, Diane Lane. I mean, it was quite a quite a cast. You look at this, you're like, holy cow. That's really, really impressive. But, but the interesting, um, though, it, it was a flop in 83. <laughs> that, yeah, I know. that movie was a flop in 83. Bat and Rumblefish. He had this whole little run of these movies that are, that are classic now. But at the time, none of those movies made a nickel. Yeah, well, I mean, it's and, it, and it's quite a bit, you know, his his um, complete novel version of it. And, and you know, Hinton, Essie Hinton's yeah. novels were kind of a big deal when, when we were yeah. kids. I don't know if you read yeah. them, but I was really, it was like, I was kind of surprised when I was a kid that, oh, this is recommended reading for my age because this is a little gritty. But it was it was very good. And uh, it's 20 it's, it's some minutes longer. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's almost a half an hour longer. It's a lot more. It's a it's a denser, the character development is stronger. It's just a more, more grown up film. Yeah. So I'm hoping maybe he does that with Rumblefish. I think there's a, yeah. a better cut of Rumblefish in there somewhere yeah, too. So um, Guns of Navarone, Gregory Peck, David Niven, Anthony Quinn, classic old war movie um, on 4K UHD, also with uh, Movies Anywhere Code. This is from uh, Columbia through Sony Pictures. Um, all the extras on here are in, uh, HD. They're not in 4k. So you, you, you know, you get 
basically a movie in 4K and then a bunch of featurettes and behind the scenes stuff and some commentaries and uh, some of the, uh, all that stuff. That's all on just HD. So don't uh, be deceived and think that you're getting everything on 4K. But the movie is still really gorgeous. Mm. I mean, it's a great, great widescreen war film. Uh, from 1962, same year as Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. I I got I got no complaints. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I love Jay Jay Lee Thompson. Love Jay Lee. It's good stuff. Um. So anyway, Guns of Navarone. Um. Couple here from uh, from Kino. Actually, three from Kino. Three 4Ks. Uh, Kino's doing a lot more 4Ks these days. These are the three that I think really, really stand out recently. Uh, Mel Brooks' Spaceballs, <laughs> underrated Mel Brooks yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, Leo, Sergio Leone's The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, mm-hmm. which is still as great as it ever was, with Clint much better than he is in Cry Macho. Yeah. And uh, the Oscar winning Silence of the Lambs, wow. Jonathan Demme. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we have talked about all three of these previously as well. Loaded with uh, special features, the, uh, the 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 two commentaries on the good, the bad, and the ugly, and sounds of the lambs from uh, Tim Lucas, who does a very, very good, uh, very good job. A lot of uh, other featurettes and documentaries and outtakes and thing on things on here, and then audio commentary with Mel Brooks on Spaceballs, which is a totally crazy, wacky, funny commentary. Mel is such a showman and. Uh, you can even there are even some other little funny stuff on here, which is film flubs and this thing. Watch Spaceballs in ludicrous speed, which is kind of silly but still funny. And then uh, a great conversation between Mel Brooks and co-writer Thomas Meehan, which I thought was uh, quite illuminating. Hmm. Um, 4K Cinema Paradiso, oh, Giuseppe Tornatore. Man, man. what a moment! Does this, does this film hold up? Does this oh, film it, hold it, up? It absolutely Tim? does. It absolutely does. It's still beautiful. It's still bringing the tears. It's absolutely, you know, particularly for cinephiles, but, but, uh, just as a, a drama, uh, it, it absolutely holds up. I loved it. Well, we get both versions of this as well. The original two hour version and then the nearly three hour version, which was the one that Tornatore originally made, but Harvey Weinstein made him cut down because he wanted to get more screens in per day when Miramax released it. So the, uh, the Oscar went to a shortened film, but the long version is here as well. Both of them, uh, looking absolutely beautiful. Um, it's just, it's, it's extraordinary. The, the longer version is only in Blu-ray. Mm. The 4k is the, is the, uh, the, the American release, the shortened release. So just know that going in, but still wonderful release from, uh, Arrow Academy, the, uh, art film brand of Arrow, the original Adams family, yeah. uh, which has been done animated again recently. This is theatrical and unrated versions. I'm not sure you need both of these in here. My one regret about this, Tim, tell me if you agree is that Christopher Lloyd wound up playing uncle Fester instead of John. Oh, that's just, you know, that's almost a crime. Uh, and, and the thing of it is they got to save money because with, uh, John Lovitz, you don't even need any makeup. Right, there you go. Right there. He's, stand, <laughs> he's standing right there. Uh, Christopher Lloyd plays the grandfather, yeah. by the way, in uh, in uh, the uh, George Clooney film, The Tender yeah. Bar. Um, you'll see that. Raul Julia, I'm sorry we lost uh, him. Uh, he he was just such, he was so perfect for this. And, and, you know, other than Christopher Lloyd, the casting was great. But, man, John Lovitz would have been so yeah. much better than Christopher yeah. Lloyd. I'm so sorry that happened. Anyway, um, that this has a... Um, uh, a digital code on it as well. It's not uh, movies anywhere because it's Paramount, so it goes to to Voodoo or one of those other players. Um, also on 4K, Steelbook for Almost Famous. Oh yeah, man. 
Wonderful. Won an Academy Award for uh, Cameron Crowe for Best Original Screenplay. Very much the story of how he was a, uh, a young journalist uh, for Rolling Stone and uh, kind of based on that experience. This is still a great mm-hmm. film. I think it may even be Cameron Crowe's best film. Oh, yeah. uh, great steelbook, 4K. Tons of extras here as well. Uh, this is, you get the uh, the bootleg cut of the film and special features, plus the theatrical and the special features, both of them in 4K. So both of these versions, as long as we're talking about alternate versions, both of these versions are in 4K. And uh, I don't know which one I necessarily like better, uh, but there's just a ton of great extras on here. You know, all behind the scenes stuff, Cameron Crowe and how he made it, all kinds of great stuff. Um, Jim Henson's Labyrinth. Let's talk about that for a second, Tim. Uh, We lost Bowie in that awful year where where the music died. Uh, George Michael, Bowie and Prince all in the same year was just murder. I still can't believe we lost all three of those talents in the same year. Yeah, man. Uh, um, just, just, just uh, you, 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 labyrinth, uh, unappreciated uh, uh, when it came out. What year was that? Uh, but, but became boy. Uh, it's been thirty-five uh, years, oh, wow. so it's 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 like uh, what year would that have been? What a what a that's something like man, that. Man, yeah, yeah. But yeah. become a, a, a cult classic uh, uh, since for all kinds of reasons, none the least of which uh, yeah. David Bowie. There, uh, yeah, fantastic yeah. man. Young, young Jennifer Lawrence uh, looks terrific. Kind of, kind of a a, a, a Jim Henson follow up to um, uh, the Dark Crystal, oh, yeah. which you know, uh, which I still love, still love the Dark Crystal. But Labyrinth took a took something of a different uh, different approach, and I, I I think you're right. It's become kind of a cult classic, and um, it's it's still kicking, and that's why it's out on 4K Ultra HD. And some interesting extras on here, which are mostly on uh, Blu-ray. The deleted and alternate scenes and uh, and screen tests, that's all in HD. But everything else, all the other featurettes, they just left that in Blu-ray. Yeah. In the Heights, which do you like better? Do you like do you like West Side Story or In the Heights better? I hate to compare them. No, but, why not? Uh, you know, <laughs> let's do it anyway. West Side Story, um, I, 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 I like better. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, the, we, we're talking about the new West Side Story, right? That's what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, I, I, I like better. Um, In the Heights, I appreciated at the time. It took a beat down for a bunch of stuff that I don't really give a damn about. Um, um, so, <laughs> so, so I still appreciate it. Just uh, and, um, and, and and in some ways. Uh, West Side Story, the current West Side Story, um, um, is, is, is doing a, a corrective about that whole sort of brown face thing. But, but, but this West Side Story, Stephen's West Side Story, and so we're going to be doing a slam about this. Uh, yes. over at the site, so I won't blow everything right now uh, on it. But yeah, that corrective it, it it does. But I think he finds some some additional gears too. Um, uh, it's you know it's an edgier, darker, scarier, meaner film. Um, uh, in a whole bunch of different ways, uh, yeah, it, except for those leads, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're slight. And in, that's interesting because they were slight yeah. in the 1961 film compared to everything and everyone else. They're slight. Uh, and, uh, and man, I'm yeah. Adriana DeBose. Oh, wow. Uh, she plays Anita in this film. That was the role that uh, Rita Marino who's also in, in this film uh, that would, uh, anyway, she's playing the role that Rita Marino won that Oscar for. Yeah, back in '61, and I got to tell you, this, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm thinking she deserves it. She's good. She's a force, dude. She's just a force in this film. Aside from being ridiculously beautiful and and having that voice, uh, her dancing is just amazing. It's just like you know, she's a whirlwind 
and uh, so anyway, yeah, she just uh, she slayed me. She well, absolutely slayed me. I have my own opinion about West Side Story, which I admit is a total minority opinion, but it will show up in the slam, which everyone will yeah. see at cinegods.com. Yeah, go uh, <laughs> but my sense was that West Side Story kind of wanted to be in the Heights and in the Heights wants to be West Side Story. Well, that's absolutely true. And, and you know, yeah. uh, that's absolutely true. Uh, but but there there are some wonderful things in In the Heights. Uh, we talked about you know Buzz, the Busby Berkeley uh, biography, uh, which is now in soft cover. There's definitely a tribute to Busby Berkeley in this as yeah. well, uh, which I think is beautifully beautifully done. So uh, John Chu does a, does quite a good job directing this. Uh, I think he took a little bit too much flack, but you know. Oh like, now that's good. Uh, so a new new one here from uh, from Disney, Tim, uh, which I've been waiting for forever. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is out on 4K Ultra HD. Ooh. I loved this movie when it oh, came yeah. out. I still love it. I think it looks amazing in 4K. This is the ultimate collector's edition. Has a movie's anywhere code on it, so you can watch it over and over and ever. I still quote this movie. By <laughs> the way. I even even though even though uh, uh, you know uh, having met Richard uh, 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 Charles Fleischer. At one point, you, you kind of, you know, when you meet the man, the voice of Roger Rabbit, it uh, it changes your opinion of Roger Rabbit a little bit because he's a weird dude. Uh, they, they, but, they're, uh, doing a, they're doing a, a two. Uh, are they? Yeah. Roger Rabbit two? Yeah, with Charles. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Well, uh, this is this is an absolutely priceless classic. It looks phenomenal it looks probably better than it looked when i saw it projected they they've done a wonderful job kind of combing over it and 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 making all of the animation pop more but also making everything around them pop more so it feels almost to me like the integration of the animation with the uh well, live action yeah, environment yeah. works better now than it did before mm. whatever they did whatever digital tools they use it's absolutely tremendous um this has extras on uh, 4K, and then most of the extras are on Blu-ray. So the movie itself is absolutely spectacular. Um, <coughs> excuse me. It's got this thing on there called Ultra Play, where uh, you can, you, you know, you can, you can jump. It's a, it's a, it's a way of kind of jumping uh, directly into the into the movie, and they've got uh, an audio commentary. Um, Amazing sound, but let me talk just for a second about some of the extras mm. on here. So the, um, the there's there's first of all the, all the shorts. You know there were other shorts that were done that were kind of rel the, that were not in the movie, but there were Roger Rabbit shorts. Those are also all on here. So don't worry about that. They're on Blu-ray. They're not in 4K. And then uh, there's also um, behind the scenes stuff. Uh, the true story of Roger Rabbit how they made it, how they they actually integrated the animation with the live action. All of that stuff is absolutely spectacular. Very, very impressive. Um, and and I just want to make a, put, a, put another shout out for the sound, which is uh, Dolby Atmos. It's wonderful. If you have Dolby Atmos uh, enabled on your, uh, on your system, it's immersive. It's absolutely, totally immersive. I joked earlier about the, uh, the No Time to Die um, subwoofer stuff. <laughs> This actually is an amazing mix. No Time to Die is fine, it's but it's mostly just loud and, and booming. This is an amazing mix. People at Disney do a much better mix than than almost anybody else when they mix it for the home environment. Mm. Um, uh, Krampus, the naughty cut. Did you ever see Krampus? Too? Oh, yeah. You know, Krampus, the sort of you know, angry, angry, angry Santa Claus. Yeah, the, 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 the Santa Claus is basically an angry demon. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, uh, I don't really understand what makes this cut different. Uh, <laughs> hey, no, so it was already gonna, obnoxious. Uh, I was already obnoxious. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, try to figure it out. Anyway, uh, the effects are good. I'll, I'll give them yeah. that. You know, they all they did uh, down in Weta, where it's uh, Peter Jackson's old company, which just sold. By the way, he sold Weta. I did know? not know that. I'm sure he sold it for like over a billion dollars. Oh, wow. I'm sure it, at some point he just probably said, "You know what? That's too much money to turn down right now," uh, and he took it. I, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Whatever he sold it for, outrageous amount of money. Uh, yeah, no, I mean a ton of extras on this thing, but it's still Krampus. That's the one thing you can't change. So the extras going to mean, mean nothing if you if you if you're not just mad about Krampus. Yeah. Uh, but there it is. Um, let's see a few others that we've talked about before. We've talked about Quiet Place Part Two, yeah. 4K uh, UHD. Still uh, definitely recommended as for gift. Zack Snyder's Justice League on 4K. Mm-hmm. Let me point out, most things Warner Brothers come with a Movies Anywhere code. This does not, because they want you, if you're going to watch it streaming, they want you to watch it on HBO Max. So you you don't get a code with this. You just get the disc. So just understand that Zack Snyder's Justice League, which looks tremendous and is highly recommended. uh, And I'm certainly going to back Ray Fisher for supporting actor Mm -hmm. when we vote. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, new, uh, but, yeah. New, gen, new, new generation. Uh, that too. Yeah. Could do that too. Yeah. Could do that too. I mean, I want to give him something yeah. because, man, this movie, this would not exist if he hadn't been just a complete bitch on social media. Yeah. yeah. That was that. I mean, he got out there and he just lit up a storm. And that, and now we get this. Yeah. Like, this is not Zack Snyder who made this happen. Ray Fisher made, made that, that movie yeah, happen. Yeah. So. Uh, Shawshank Redemption and Clockwork Orange also uh, on 4K Ultra HD, both with Movies Anywhere codes. And um, here's some new stuff. Here's the new stuff I really want to focus on. So first off, Kino has given us the Philip Kaufman Invasion of the Body Snatchers in 4K. Tim, which Body Snatchers is the better Body Snatcher? Oh man, there's the the, the Abel Farrar, uh, uh, yeah, um, um, and the, I, the Don, the original Don the original Siegel, Don Siegel, and the Phil Kaufman. Yeah, I, 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 I like the Abel Farrar. I think Jeff Goldblum is in that. And yeah, he, and he plays this sort of like obnoxious writer in that. And he has this line of dialogue where, where he's talking about how how he he chooses each word individually. <laughs> in uh-huh. his novels, which is why they don't sell. <laughs> and I, yeah. I just think it's wonderful. Donald Sutherland, uh, of course, playing the guy. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? What is, what's your... So there's a, there's actually a fourth one, which we all yeah. conveniently yeah. forget, which is the Oliver Hirschbeagle movie with Daniel Craig yeah. and Nicole Kidman, yes. which which was n- not good, even though I love all of yeah. them. I've, I've interviewed Hirschbeagle. I think he's super talented, but they took that movie away from yeah. him. And they recut it. So there's a there's probably a really interesting version of that movie that lives somewhere. Um, I, I like the uh, Abel Ferrara film a little bit because I was at Cannes the year that that was uh, that was there, and I remember the press conference when Abel Ferrara and um, uh, and uh, the British journalist uh, whose name is slipping me right now, um, Alexander Walker who, you know, once famous, famous friend of Kubrick's, but where Abel Ferrara and Alexander Walker, like got into it right in front of me. <laughs> it was amazing. I, I'm like 10 feet away and Alexander Walker is like laying into Ferrara and Ferrara is laying into Walker and making fun of it. It was hilarious. But, um, I gotta say, if you, if I'm given my choice, it's McCoffman. It's McCoffman right. I, I gotta go with this one. I gotta go with this one. 
it's a uh, it, you know Philip Kaufman before he was the right stuff Philip Kaufman before he was the uh, the the Henry and June and unbearable lightness of being Phil Kaufman. He really made a great pivot in his career in 1978 before he was Phil Kaufman who co-created Indiana Jones. He pivoted in 1978 and did a remake of a film that was thought untouchable and classic and made it his own. Mm. And he, you know, Veronica Cartwright, who he would later use in the right. And actually, this is the one. This is the one. I this is the one with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, this is one with Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. This is the one with Goldblum. Yeah, this is the one with Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. Yes, go on. And, and Donald Sutherland is just is so terrifying in this thing. Uh, I mean, it's it's very very impressive. Uh, screenplay we need to point out by W. D. Richter, yeah. who would go on to write yeah. uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, how does it look? You know what? This is a movie that otherwise would be very 1970s. It would have a very 1970s sheen to it. But it doesn't here. The 4K is fantastic. It just, it makes it vibrant and crisp and it feels very contemporary. And um, that's, I, I think, one of the great things that the 4K is doing is that they're taking it away from the deteriorating print quality that a lot of movies in the 70s uh, have now when you see them projected. And they're making it just live forever. It's wonderful. They load this up with extras. Uh, Phil Kaufman commentary, which is great. Steve Haberman commentary, which is great. Bunch of extras. There's an interview with uh, with Richter. There's an interview with uh, Denny Zeitlin about the score. There's an interview uh, with, with uh, Art Hindle, just talking about the movie generally because he's an actor in the film. Um, stuff on special effects. This, uh, I mean, it's just over and over. There's the, all the TV spots and radio spots that were used to market it. Great nostalgic stuff. Wonderful release. One of the best 4Ks of the season. Phil Kaufman's Invasion of the Body Snatchers mm. from Kino Lorber. Absolutely terrific. Yeah, I can. I, um, I was conflating those two films. They, the Abel Ferrar was the one with Gabrielle Anwar and, and Arlie Ermey. And, oh, and, dude, and I, Meg, I, Meg, I, and Meg Tilly and all, yeah, which was still still good, but but not. But yeah, I conflate. I, yeah, I conflate the Hirschbeagle and the Ferrar. Yeah, actually. yeah. I, I I still conflate those. I the other day I was even talking. I was when I was I was mentioning this to somebody, and I said because you remember when Daniel Craig was in that Abel Ferrara film? They're like, oh no 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 no. Daniel Craig was in the other. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's easy because because everything body snatches, yeah. everything body snatches in your yeah. head. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street out of 4K. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how do we feel about that? I I've gone back and forth on this film, Tim. I uh, have you watched it again since it came? Not, not since not since it came out. You know, I, I I was one of those who, for one thing, I remember that guy. Um, I remember that guy from the '90s when he was roaming around Hollywood, uh, uh, you know, trying to raise money. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The guy that Leo plays in The Wolf of Wall Street, and 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 that movie did something that bugged me a little bit. Bit is it? It, it you know, it kind of set the guy up in a, in, in a heroic light that I didn't care for. That guy, that guy ruined a lot of little, little ladies. That guy yeah. was not a good guy. Uh, and Leo is charming and handsome and Margot Robbie and all of this. And, you know, and you came away from that movie, you know, thinking of thinking that this guy was some sort of a, and, you know, this guy was just this creepy guy. Uh, you guy. know, you, you raise a really interesting point because Martin Scorsese has been followed by this his whole life, which is that he, he takes these really unsavory characters and almost puts them on a pedestal. Mm. But he doesn't, he admires them in all of their nastiness. I, I mean, what and not because he admires them in, uh, in the what, Wall Street. They're you know, just Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. that guy. You know, Goodfellas, the Irishman, that he, that he kind of has a, he, he sort of admires these very unsavory figures. Not because he thinks they're good, but because he sort of likes the aesthetic mm. 
that they represent, right? I think there's a little bit of that here. My problem in this movie is this movie is just too mm. long. I think it's. Uh, I think the first half is is fine cut. I think the second second half is a, is a mess. But a lot of people love this thing. It got a ton of uh, Oscar nominations, and uh, you know what? Uh, it's on 4K, so go George for it. Milford, uh, not low. That guy's name, George yeah. Milford. That was his name. Yeah, yeah. And Tim, here we go. This is what we've come to for Christmas on 4K. <clears throat> The world has been waiting for the Criterion Collection to release its first 4K discs. Mm. And here they are. Mulholland Drive. Oh, David. Widely considered the greatest film of, uh, of this century still. Citizen Kane, mm. often considered the greatest film ever made. Last century for sure, yeah. Uncut Gems, a movie that I don't think is very good at all, but I have a story to tell about I this. I like Uncut Gems. Like and idea, yeah. Menace to Society, oh, yeah. the Hughes brothers. Yeah who don't make movies together anymore. Yeah. Um, let's first talk about movie. Yeah. That's right. So let's talk about what, do you have any stories about Menace to Society? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Menace to Society, the Hughes brothers, uh, the, that Hughes brothers film was, was at the time, uh, what was this? What was that? 91, 92, something like that. Oh, uh, 93. 93. Uh, it gave us Lawrence, yeah. gave us Lawrence Tate uh, and, and, and a couple of other really, really amazing Young, young African American actors, and sort of launched the Hughes brothers' careers. They they went they went on to do Dead Presidents and From Hell with Johnny Depp yeah. and, uh, and and a few other films. Uh, and it was a very very intense film uh, at that moment. Uh, and you know it, it was a little bit controversial, but uh, but I, I I always thought it was a it was a wonderful movie. Uh, uh, that movie, Bridget plays a waitress in a uh, Chinese restaurant. <laughs> in that movie, love it, love it. Well, well, we, we have all kinds of interesting connections to all these movies uh, that we're going through. That's great. I'm going to have to to take a second look at that. You got to tell me at what point she shows up. It depends on which which version of the movie you're watching, anyway. Yeah, well, it, this is the 7.1 surround DTS audio is beautiful here. It's just beautiful. Um, the the 4K is absolutely terrific. Uh, a movie made in the 90s, you know, had a, they all had a certain kind of a. Uh, a, a steel sheen to them and it, it continues to have that it is a, it is absolutely a fantastic transfer really really great extras here two commentaries um from 1993 one with the hughes brothers and uh they a, there's a a selected scene commentary featuring rinsler and and then it's just a lot of great stuff on here i mean there's a there's a conversation between albert hughes tiger williams uh screenwriter and uh, Elvis Mitchell, which who's always you know a great moderator for these things, um, it's just great stuff. Deleted scenes, it's really terrific. So uncut gems. I'm not a fan. I know a lot of people are. It's got a certain following, but but here's what happened uh, on my wife's birthday recently. Mm. So the restaurant that we like to always get stuff for for her birth for her birthday was closed for a private event. They weren't answering the phone. I go down there. I know people are thinking, what does this have to do with Uncut Gems? <laughs> uh, the Safdie Brothers movie. Yeah. So I go down there and it's like all discoed out and they've got a DJ and they're like, oh, you got a private event. I'm like, crap, what do I do? I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go to our favorite little local uh, Italian place and, and just, you know, grab some some takeout food there. They know me. It's a great place. It's just, you know, I used to, I used to run to grab food there when my wife was pregnant and couldn't eat anything else. So I run. It, it's about five minutes from the other restaurant. So I head on over there. And uh, I walk in, and while I'm there uh, waiting to give my order, uh, Adam Sandler walks in and picks up <laughs> some takeout. 
And <laughs> and I didn't even I didn't fully process it was Adam Sandler because we're all wearing masks still, yeah, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. And I didn't even fully process it was Adam Sandler until until the waiter who brings the food out is looking all like, over here like at my two o'clock is looking all nervous. And I kind of like, oh, what's he? And he comes, he brings the food and he goes, you know, my daughter in daycare, just she sings your Hanukkah song all the time. And they just love it so much. And then I hear that familiar voice going, oh, that's, that's great to know. Thank you. Thank you. Very, thank you very much. And I was like, oh, son of a God, I mean, it's, it's Adam Sandler. And I'm like, don't, yeah, you know, I felt sorry for him because like, you, you don't go to pick up food only. To, it's a nice compliment. But it's like this guy just wants to get his food, right? And and uh, so then I I grab you know our food and I walk on back across the street and son of a gun Adam Sandler and his friend are getting into his car and these girls in front of the yogurt shop are like getting into it with him and he's like oh yeah thank you and like this poor guy cannot walk ten feet without somebody like without fan service just you know it's like man yeah. that that's why they don't go out yeah. that's why celebrities don't go out in any yeah. case uh i don't like the movie but boy i like adam sandler <laughs> so i'm gonna recommend uncut gems anyway. uh, yeah. what can i say i like the safety brothers I like that i like that movie intense yeah. movie that movie uh, that movie uh, that movie uh, that movie opens at uh, at uh, 80 miles an hour uh, and then applies the gas all yep. the way through uh, all the yeah, way through, yeah. man. All the way yeah. through. Um, then Citizen Kane, man. There's nothing I can tell you about Citizen Kane. You already know. I mean, look, it's considered the greatest film ever made. This is an absolutely wonderful 4K transfer. It's phenomenal. You can watch this on on HBO Max, but it doesn't look nearly as yeah. good. Doesn't even come close. And I did that. I compared them the other day. Uh, this is the only way to watch Citizen Kane. All due respect to HBO Max, they got to they got to step up their game with that transfer. Yeah. Um, there's a new program on here um, with uh, Craig Barron and Ben Burt, legendary Ben Burt of uh, Sound Guy, that is uh, very very cool. And um, you, you get you know interviews and behind the scenes stuff. Every I mean, you can literally spend five hours with this and the extras and not get tired and it'll be a film education and you will never see this film or the world the same way mm. again. Um, absolutely gorgeous. Cannot, I cannot praise this high enough. Um, and then lastly, David Lynch's Mulholland yeah, Drive. Man. So uh, as I have mentioned many, many times, my wife was working for David Lynch at the time. Now this movie was originally a television pilot that was too long and ABC vetoed it. They paid for the pilot and then said, we don't want to make the show. And then one day when, when uh, my wife was there with everybody else on staff and they're just kind of hanging out and doing whatever. And David comes blowing through the sliding glass door and says, I've got it. I've got it. I figured it out. It's a dream. And he had, reconceptualized Mulholland Drive and went back and rewrote it and they shot some new stuff and recut the movie and it, it wound up becoming this classic that you have before mm -hmm. you and it's now 4K from, from Criterion. And let me just say, there's a scene late in the movie where Naomi Watts is in the cafe and she opens the bag of money and puts her hand in. Mm -hmm. That shot of her hand going into the bag is not her hand. That hand is my wife. <laughs> we have the most Thank bizarre... You. I uh, know we have funny stories, don't we? Ridiculous. We do. <laughs> it was yeah. It was a pickup shot. It was a, and, and to this day, my wife says she goes. I've been directed by David <laughs> because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Very very happy with that. Uh, so in any case, uh, really absolutely terrific. There's a, there's um 
wonderful interviews here with a lot of the people who, who worked on the film, including Naomi Watts, Justin Theroux, Angela Badalamenti, Jack Fisk, the, the production designer who's been with David Lynch since Eraserhead, because Lynch's first wife was Fisk's uh, sister. And, uh, and casting director Joanna Ray, whom, whom I know and who is an absolutely wonderful person. Mm-hmm. And she's just great here. Um, look, I don't know what, to, I don't know what else you can say about this. It's, uh, it's the first David Lynch film to, to really, to get the 4K, uh, criterion treatment. I'm thrilled it's one of the first four and, and there it is. It's just absolutely great. Yeah. Just great. Uh, Tim, shall we, we wrap things out then with the giant box sets? A lot of these we've covered. Uh, we can go through these pretty quickly in our, in our last half hour yeah, here. Yeah. Um, so let me let's do uh, let me do I'm, this I'm, here I'm, first. I'm, I'm so, definitely going to want to know what's in that Richard Pryor collection and, oh, what, so and what's good. in that Juan Car Y collection. So before we get to that, Arrow has a bunch of box uh, sets and then one really cool movie that we we just should recommend. My stepmother is an oh, alien yeah. is the movie. Um, Dan Aykroyd and Kim Basinger really underrated this movie is really fun i used to hate it now i watch it i have kind of a lot of nostalgic joy with it so i think this movie is a hoot um kim basinger has kind of disappeared from the scene uh and and that's too bad because i still think she's a great actress and i'd love to see her come back and do something my stepmother is an alien really really fun from arrow consider that as a gift here are the box the the big box sets from arrow uh, Mill of the Stone Women by Giorgio Ferroni. This is uh, sort of a giallo film, but it's a, it's a nice two-disc limited edition. It's got some great extras on it. Uh, and, and it's got, you know, French and U.S. versions as well. Uh, so, you know, it's sort of, uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's famous as the first Italian horror film that was ever shot in color. Mm. So, I mean, you know, it, it's influential on in that regard. Um, it also goes along with the two Giallo Essentials volumes that have been released, um, they, which include The Possessed, The Fifth Chord, um, uh, Torso, What Have They Done with, uh, to, our, to Your Daughters, um, uh, Strip Nude for Your Killer, you know, a lot of, uh, and, and The Pajama Girl Case. Those are the movies between these two, two great volumes. You should get them both together for anybody who's a big Giallo fan. Uh, Jello Essentials from Arrow, two big volumes. Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge, mm-hmm. another horror film. Not exactly a holiday thing, but uh, it's a nice boxed set. Really, really, you know, worth it. It's got, you know, it's got uh, a lot of kind of grungy '80s era stuff in it. Um, it it's it's a good cult film. Uh, and then the last two from the world of Japanese cinema, highly recommended two of the best box sets that, uh, that arrow has ever released. Um, we've covered this before. The Dimogen trilogy is really, really terrific. Okay. Uh, Dimogen return of Dimogen and wrath of Dimogen. Uh, it's pretty great. Good, good Japanese monster stuff. And then, um, Shohei Imamura's, uh, the survivor ballads box set that includes his, um, uh, Ballad of Narayama, which won the Cannes Film Festival, plus Zigan, uh, and Black Rain, which is also famous. Mm. Uh, Shohei Imamura, one of the great all-time Japanese filmmakers. That is the boxed set stuff from Arrow. All highly, highly recommended. Definitely check those out. Uh, and then, yeah, let's talk about the, uh, the Richard Pryor collection. We've talked about that before, man. That is just an unbelievable set. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's TV appearances, it's guest, so, guest show spots, it's the concert films. Um, it's all that. Plus, the Virgil Films documentary, I Am Richard Pryor. 
So it's it's uh, from Time Life and Virgil together. It's a wonderful, wonderful collection, and uh, we we raved about this before. And this is still, you know, uh, one of the. I mean, if you're going to make a list of the sort of the top five uh, stand-up comedy icons in the history of American comedy, Pryor is going to be right there at the top. Yeah. I mean, he he changed everything, and and even Dave Chappelle will say that there's there's no Dave Chappelle without. Richard oh Pryor. yeah, there's no no Eddie Murphy, no Martin Lawrence, no Dave Chappelle. It's just yeah. You know, there you go. Yeah. So Richard Pryor, uh, the ultimate Richard Pryor collection uncensored, absolutely one of the best box gifts you could do all season. Um, from the film detective, they got a really cool set here. The Sherlock Holmes vault collection, uh, four classic Ooh. mysteries that they have put into this wonderful box. Sherlock Holmes, fatal hour, the triumph of Sherlock Holmes, silver blaze and a study in scarlet. Neat. And you also get some, you get some Sherlock shorts in here. Things like uh, Sherlock Holmes baffled, from 1900, um, you get uh, Sherlock Holmes from 1928, Cousins of Sherlocko, 1913. <laughs> so a lot of really, a lot of you know, they're like my, nice little ephemera there, a little little trivia type stuff. So it's it's good, um, it's good. This is the kind of stuff that you get from uh, the film detective. You know, it's archival and uh, it's fun stuff. Yeah, some of that stuff goes back far enough that Conan Doyle was still alive. <laughs> It's true. He was he was alive with some when they were when they were adapting some of that stuff in the silent era for sure. Um, Wonderful, wonderful uh, ten best picture. As long as we're getting into Oscar season, ten best picture box set, which includes Titanic, Forrest Gump, No Country for Old Men, Terms of Endearment, The Godfather, Gladiator, The English Patient, American Beauty, Wings, and My Fair Lady. It's a wonderful set from Paramount, uh, and uh, you know. Uh, you're, 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 it's just great movie best stuff. Pictures, all best genres, pictures, right? all yeah. best pictures. Yeah. It's yeah. terrific. Uh, you know the uh, 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 Lee Isaac Chung is a good friend of our yeah. friend um, Justin Chang, and uh, he became a multiple Oscar nominee recently with Minari. Yeah. And now everybody's revisiting all his old movies. And Film Movement has released a box set of three of his earlier films: uh, Manu Rung, uh, Rungavo. Mm-hmm. I always muff yeah. it up. Lucky, Lucky Life and uh, Abigail Harm with Amanda Plummer doing one of her best ever performances. Yeah. So these these three movies are just delightful. Uh, they they don't come loaded up with extras, but they are really really good films. And uh, if you're a Lee Isaac Chung fan, if you saw Minari and said, "Where's this filmmaker been my yeah. life?" Well, now you can get these three films in a box set from uh, from uh, Film Movement. Yeah, nothing like a hit. <laughs> You can. That's right. Nothing like a hit to make people rediscover your stuff. Also, a wonderful um, Sergei Eisenstein double feature uh, box, which is uh, DVD only, not not Blu-ray, but DVD only. Alexander Nevsky and October, two of the great mm-hmm. all-time Eisenstein films. Those are in a uh, in a new box set uh, from Corinth Films and Image Entertainment, and uh, both of them are, are great and absolutely worth well, discovering yeah. if you're a film big film yeah, buff. Yeah. Uh, Tim, let's let's uh, well. Let me get this. Uh, these are two other Paramount things out of the way here. Um, we got a John Wayne fourteen movie collection. Oh wow! Which has a yeah, it's got a ton of stuff in it. I mean, it's it, you know, you got to be like this is also in Paramount. You got to be a real hard uh, hardcore John Wayne fan because a lot of this stuff is just straight up. It's like so much testosterone you, you might choke <laughs> on it. Uh, you know, Big Jake, McClintic, Donovan's Reef, Rio Lobo, Hondo, The Shootist, Hatari, El Dorado, The High and the Mighty, True Grit. I mean, all these titles just tell you it's like. Tough stuff. Sons of Katie Elder. That's the one that sounds a little softer. Man who shot Liberty Valance. But it's, it's, well, you know, it's, it's a nice box the, set. The thing, about, the thing about John that did a lot of it, you, you, John um, um, was a movie star in more genres 
than almost anybody yeah. else that I can think of. John, yeah, 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 obviously the Western, obviously the the, the war movie, but John uh, yeah. did, did 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 comedies, did light comedy. John did uh, uh, later in his career, uh, rough, gruff urban cops uh you know yeah, yeah, yeah true. john you know yeah, yeah john was not just a cowboy you, you know john cowboy movies no uh, uh yeah john was a, john did movies man all kind of movies you know well we he, he you know who else did all kinds of movies yeah. jerry lewis jerry no not really <laughs> jerry lewis just makes jerry lewis movies. but but this is another box set from paramount which is absolutely great uh also dvd not blu-ray but all oh, so much fun 20 Jerry Lewis oh, movies wow. in one box set. This will drive wow. people either crazy. It'll drive some people insane, but a lot of people like yeah, me. Me too. You'll, I, could, I could sit there and watch this for days on end. Um, Hollywood or Bust, The Delicate Delinquent, uh, Cinder Fella, mm-hmm. The Bellboy, The Errand Boy, mm-hmm. Nutty Professor, The Patsy, Disorderly Orderly, Family Jewels, The Caddy, Scared Stiff, Jumping Jack, Sailor Beware. I mean, it's it's this is awesome. Yeah. This is just a, what Artists and Models is even on here. That's that's never oh. been out on a, on a DVD before. So um, Artists and Models with Shirley McLean for crying yeah. out. Shirley McLean and Jerry Lewis in a movie together. Yeah, yeah. People forget that happened. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. What's, what's so, interesting about, about a lot of those movies, not just nearly all of those movies, all of those movies are sort of sex comedies. Uh, a lot of those movies. So sort of really targeted true. sex. And, 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 and the context are fairly lurid. Um, uh, and, you know, and, and you, in a lot of those movies are like the apartment. You know, I mean, people think about the, the, yeah. the context of the apartment is fairly lurid. Uh, and, and, but, you know, in, in some ways we've become much more, oh, I don't know, quaint's not the right word, but than we were 35, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Uh, we yeah. much interesting, interesting. And uh, I'm going to make a, a, a couple. There's a couple of movie star collections mm. here. Twelve movie collections, both of them. One is the Randolph. Long as talking about John Wayne Randolph yeah. Scott collection. Twelve classic westerns. Mm. Uh, you know, Randolph Scott like did tons of westerns. There's some really good movies in here. There's uh, Santa Fe, The Tall T, Buchanan Rides Alone. I mean, they're all you know pretty standard westerns, but they're really really yeah. fun. And Randolph, unlike John Wayne, pretty much only made westerns. <laughs> That's all he did. He, he knew he knew better than to try yeah. to stretch. And then uh, I am, of course, a legendary Rita Hayworth fan for many reasons. Yeah. Rita Hayworth, the uh, the first the first major Latina movie star, yeah. even though nobody really mm. paid attention to that yeah. fact. Um, uh, but her her dad was the dancing instructor at my father's acting oh, wow. school, and uh, I I'm very proud of that. And my father was Rita Hayworth's very first actor. That's team, fantastic. So. I, I, I take I take a certain degree of family pride in that. But this is a wonderful 12 film collection. She's sort of the great female movie star of all time. Lady from Shanghai, oh, uh, Orson Welles, Pal Joey, uh, Salome, Music in My Heart, Affair in Trinidad, uh, The Loves of Carmen, uh, Miss Sadie Thompson, oh. Down to Earth. Down to Earth, the movie that basically inspired Xanadu. A lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really. No it's Gilda? Really, no Gilda? Joey. A Gilda is not in this one. Well, got to get Gilda. Se- got to get Gilda separately. Okay. okay. Yeah, got to get Gilda separately. Uh, Tim, let's talk about the Wong Kar Wai. Oh yes, now. please. We've talked about this uh, previously, but these are uh, this is these are these are his 
polished re-edits. They are, you know, a little bit different. If you have some of these films in their previous releases, you might want to hang on to them because the cuts are a little different in some cases. But uh, the films, as tears go by, Days of Being Wild, Chunking Express, mm. Fallen Angels, Happy Together, In the Mood for Love, and 2046. Yeah. An amazing yeah. set. Um, really, I, I, you know, his films are... Did I ever tell you the quote that I got from him? It was it was hilarious. I, I was interviewing him at Cannes around the time of um, Happy Together. And uh, I can't even remember what the question was that I asked him, but it had something to do with his working process. And he looks at me with those freaking sunglasses. We're, in, we're indoors, man. It's night. We're indoors. <laughs> and he's wearing the damn sunglasses. And he says to me, and he goes, most people... They write the movie, then they shoot the movie, and then they edit the movie. And then he grins like that Cheshire freaking cat that he is. And he says, I do all three at the same time. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Don't give me that. An-. And that was his answer. <laughs> I do all three at the same time. He just loves messing with people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Juan Carwai, fantastic. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. So, buddy, if you if you do happen to have, for example, Chunking Express in the previous edition, it's a little different cut. Hang on to it. Hang on to the other one, so you have all the all the completeness. Um, uh, also, speaking of Criterion and uh, and Asian cinema, we have Once Upon a Time in China, the complete films. This is a fantastic box set of uh, all the Once Upon a Time in China films, one, two, and three that all starred Jet Li, and then four and five, which did not. And then tucked away in the extras is uh, Once Upon a Time in China and the West, which brought Jack Jet Li back to the franchise. Now, uh, I'm going to tell a story here for the first time, which I, I feel we have enough distance from the, the movie to for me to talk about this, because the Hong Kong New Wave is basically over. It's the 1990s. Mm. So um, it's around uh, whatever year it was, uh, uh, 97, I guess, again. It's the same year as, as um, Happy Together. So 97, I'm at the American Film Festival. Uh, American Film Market, sorry. American oh, Film yeah, Market. over in San And um. And uh, I saw One Spot Time in China and the West, which was produced by Wins, not by Golden Harvest. And I thought, well, that's funny. Jet Li came back to the franchise, but it's it's now no longer a Golden Harvest film. So I go down and, and I'm talking to the executive, very famous executive, successful executive with Golden Harvest. And I said to her, um, you mind if I ask, like, you guys, this is one of your franchise you're, 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 you know, uh, your main franchises. Why would you let this go? I mean, you, you gave it to wins. What's the story there? And I wasn't thinking in my head because wins was, was run by the Hong brothers mm-hmm. at the time who are famous triad mobsters in Hong mm-hmm. Kong, right? They're still around by the way, <laughs> a lot of mob money in, the, in Hong Kong movies and the Hong brothers, you know, badasses, really scary guys. And Charles Hong, especially. And, and, uh, and I said to her, why would you let it go? And she says, we value our hands. <laughs> and she wasn't joking. She wasn't joking. So somebody went to Golden Harvest and basically threatened them and said, we want to make an, a Once Upon a Time in China movie and with Jet Li and you're going to let us do it. And they're like, okay. <laughs> true story. I swear to you, true story. It's crazy. Anyway, it's all here. Uh, you got to get it. I mean, these movies have been out before, but never in Blu-ray, never looking this good. And, and, and the fact that we're getting some, you know, real Hong Kong new wave movies on Criterion is a gift and a godsend. Um, finishing off things, Tim, I want to show you something. I, I went nuts to get this. This is not something anyone will be able to get in time for Christmas, but I'm going to recommend it anyway. Mm. 
This is not available in the United States. And what I'm talking about, what I'm showing Tim right now is called Collaborations, the Cinema of Zhang Yimou and Gong Li. This is from the Australian company Imprint. They're kind of like the Australian version of Criterion and Arrow. Uh, We have never had a relationship with with these people. We do now because Zhang Yimou's movies have been horribly, horribly represented in the United Mm. States on Blu-ray. They almost don't exist. Um, the Shanghai Triad was recently released on Blu-ray from Cohen. Thank you, mm-hmm. Cohen. They're the only ones that have really done right by it. His Oscar-nominated Red Sorghum and Judo and Raise the Red Lantern. These movies have never been out. Story of Shuju is only on DVD. Um, Curse of the Golden Flower has been out in kind of a standard Blu-ray from from uh, Sony. Uh, Coming Home was never really treated that well. These guys at Imprint went to town. They did an amazing thing. They said, you know what? There's a market for this. They've created this unbelievable box set. Collaborations, the cinema of Zhang Yimou and Gong Li with Red Sorghum, Judo, Raise the Red Lantern, the story of Shuju, To Live, the amazing To Live, maybe his best mm. film, Shanghai Triad, Curse of the Golden Flower, and Coming Home, all in this amazing, beautiful box, which you can order online, and it will take about six weeks to get to you. But it is spectacular. And um, I'm opening the box right now. They all come in their own individual keep cases. And there's a booklet. And uh, all on Blu-ray. The transfers are gorgeous. And the movies are epic and legendary. Zhang Yimou may be my favorite filmmaker in the world right now. And especially Coming Home, this beautiful film that he made just a few years ago that has one of the most heartbreaking scenes you'll ever see in a movie in it. Uh, I cannot praise this set enough. And I'm going to, uh, you're going to look for this on the website. We're going to have a separate gift guide on the website. I'll, I'll include links on how to, how to snatch that. Our, our two last box sets is the, the Audrey Hepburn movie, seven movie collection, Tim, that we previously uh, talked about. That's got uh, breakfast at Tiffany's funny face, my fair lady, Paris when it sizzles, Roman holiday, Sabrina and war and peace. How do you, how do you not get this? For oh, somebody who loves Audrey Are Hepburn? you kidding me? Yeah. 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 That beautiful classic photograph of, Audrey Hepburn against that Tiffany's pink on the cover. Oh, gosh. Breathtaking. Oh. And then the last one, I need to know if you think anybody is going to want to buy this. Yeah. And that's not slamming yeah. this. It's just, this is a brick. The Middle Earth 31-disc Ultimate Collector's Edition. Mm. Every version of the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings movies ever. Oh, yeah. Two versions Two versions apiece. Uh, how many, how many, how many I, discs again? 31 discs. 31, yeah, the answer is yes. Um, there absolutely are people who will have to have that uh, good play. That's the, the 4K, everything. Uh, 4K, everything. All, 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 it's got all, all, features, all features that have ever been on any of the discs previously. All the, fe- all the features, all the movies, all the versions of the movies, all also in on Blu-ray and on 4K and with movies anywhere. Yeah, so oh yeah. And and the extras, when you do the math and you figure out the movies, you figure, okay, that's six movies. That's 18 hours for the original, kind of the original cuts. Mm-hmm. Then that's like 25 or 26 hours with the extended cuts. So now we're over 40 hours. Mm-hmm. And, and then we have extras, which are also like 40 hours. So literally, I could sit around for three days of not sleeping mm. and not even make it through every, every second of everything that's no, in this yeah, box. Yeah. 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 yeah but yes, Freaking but unbelievable. Yes, people will, they, they, yes, there are some completists who will have that. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Well, and good man, on them. Do it. The, do it. 
This is the mother gift of all gifts. And Tim, you see what this sticker says here? I'm going to make you feel really old because I wanted to cry when I saw this. Lord of the Rings, 20th anniversary. Ah, burns, it burns, it burns. <laughs> oh, my God. Sucks, right? Yeah. I know. Well, that's it for our oh, show, wow. uh, and we uh, we're gonna we're gonna take you out with uh, with some more Blackmore's Night, and uh, otherwise, Tim, I don't know what what are we what can we say to people to send them off well for their second pandemic holiday season? Well, look, hey, look, uh, um, things things uh, are, are better than they were last year. They actually are. Uh, and, uh, and I think that we should recognize that because it's literally true. Uh, so, you know, um, uh, yeah, yeah, do what you got to do, uh, and things will be better, uh, still as we, as we move on, but things are better than they were last year. I will take that. Uh, and I hope everyone else does too. Tim, have an absolutely incredibly Merry Christmas. Are you, you're heading home? Uh, no, no, going to stick it out here, uh, uh, for awesome. Christmas, uh, you know, celebrated some Hanukkah with some friends, uh, last week, Hanukkah was like last week or what, uh, yeah. came early this year. Uh, but I'll be here. I just went home for Thanksgiving. So that's good. Uh, and you know, and there you go. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, I took, a, I took a trip home, got back safe and sound. Uh, you know, uh, that's good enough. Uh, we're, we're fine. We're fine. I'll see my mom. Her. All right. Well, you guys have fun. Let's, uh, we, we will. And, uh, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll head over to, uh, to your neck of the woods and, uh, and try to see you during the holidays. We're going to try to get out and see some. Sounds people. good. So Sounds good, baby. yeah. All right. all right. And to all of our listeners have a great, great Christmas season. We might do one more cleanup show before the end of the year, but if we don't, we'll see you in 2022. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, everybody. Oh